get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Phil, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Come on, St. Louis hockey fans, stand up and cheer. The Blues are back strong. This is our year. It's the Blues turn now. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Yeah, it's the Blues turn now. With that Al McKenna slap shot, you know we can't lose. Let's do that hockey. Come on, St. Louis! All over the hockey universe, the note is the news. Well, welcome to Season 7, Episode 15 of Let's Go Blues Radio. It is 9.25, and we're live on Wednesday, October 3rd, 2018. This is franchise episode number 148 all time. My name is Kurt Price. My Twitter handle is at Kurt Price. Bill Day's... Twitter handle is at Billy Blue Notes, and Jeff Ponder's Twitter handle is at jponder94. If you want to send the showy tweet, send it to at LGB Radio, and we'll try and read that live on the air. If you want to talk hockey with us uh, live on the show, we'll open it up for listeners uh, later on if we do have time. So uh, hopefully we do have some time for that. Uh, please check out the letsgoblues.com shop and consider buying a reasonable price t-shirt, mug, or sticker. All proceeds go back into the show that you love so much. Um, gentlemen, how are you this evening? Well. Good? Yes? Hockey's back. <laughs> it kind of is. Um, Jeff, uh, you are once again holding the uh, Stanley Ponder Cup Memorial Tournament, correct? Yes. And um, for those of you watching, before we get into that, I do want to point out there's a reason I'm wearing my helmet tonight. In case Tom Wilson comes flying through my room, <laughs> I uh, want to make sure that I'm very well protected. Uh, yes, that's right, cool. I'm wearing a helmet. Um, so uh, it's not a real helmet. It's a poutine helmet. Jake, did you see these at the game, Kurt? No, I didn't see them. So you, if you get poutine, so I think it's buffalo chicken poutine, they serve it to you in a blues, uh, like, plastic helmet. And... Uh, I was very excited when I got this. I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to wear this. I put it on. My wife said, absolutely not. And then I looked in the mirror in the bathroom and uh, looked like Hockey Bob. So I said, no way. You are going off. It's got a, it's got a little more protection than uh, Gretzky's uh, broom ball helmet from, the, uh, from his era. The Yofa? <laughs> the, the Yofa. Yeah. It's probably about the same material, I think. Those helmets were outlawed, weren't they? They weren't allowed. They weren't allowed. I mean, he got the. It was grandfathered in, right? But the other players, new players, couldn't wear them, right? The only time you see them now is alumni games, right? Yeah, Charlie Huddy and Wayne Gretzky and mm-hmm. uh, Kelly Chase wore one. He did during the uh, Winter Classic. He game. he did wear one. Uh, so Jeff, the uh, Stanley Ponder Cup tournament. Uh, yeah, it, that's a tournament that's happening, so check that out. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Uh, next, the official. <laughs> We're moving things uh, yeah, along. The, the Stanley Ponder Cup Memorial Tournament, it's uh, going to be on Saturday, November 17th, uh, from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. 
Uh, bar will stay open until 1 a.m. It's out at Queenie Park, Midwest Sport Hockey. It's an inline hockey tournament, for those that were wondering. Uh, it benefits Be The Match Foundation and Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Uh, something I, if you listen to the summer interview series, you probably got annoyed with how much I talked about it. But uh, as of right now, signups are still open. All you have to do is go to dropinstl.com and then the 2018 SPMCT Tourney tab. Scroll down to the bottom there. There's a donate button. That is how you sign up. Just click the donate and you are good to go. Uh, so I do want to say that we are also still looking for uh, people to donate for the raffle. So if your business or you personally have anything you'd like to put in for the raffle, it all goes to a great cause. So uh, I'd love to uh, hear from you. If you would like to be involved, uh, email me at jponder94 at gmail.com. And uh, if some of you want to come out and play, We'd love to have you. If you want to come out and watch some bad hockey and bid on some raffles, we'd love to have you for that too. Uh, Spoon Fudge on the YouTube chat says uh, McSorley War One, which uh, that uh, I believe that's correct. And then he also asked, uh, "What about the Ponder Jockstrap? Where's uh, where's that?" Oh, I, I mean, is this is this, this is a family show? I can't show it, right? This has never been a family show. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm also all I'm wearing is Speedo the episode. Jockstrap, <laughs> right. So I'm. I'm I'm kind of Donald Ducking it today, so oh, yeah. look out. <laughs> and uh, Deanna says, uh, "Forget the helmet. I need to hear more about the poutine." So, oh, how, how was the poutine? <sighs> is it is it Bird and Barrel? Is that the the vendor? I don't think so. Uh, is... Maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember who it was, but you know, Americans and I guess Americans mostly in the Midwest, we really just do not get poutine right. Um, it, it, it's okay. I mean, it was edible. It's a, it's a hor- It's like a horseshoe, it. isn't it? I mean, it's, no, no, it's no, not. I thought no, it was like a horseshoe. No, it, it's French fries, gravy, cheese curds, and meat. It's very close to a horseshoe. Yeah, but but to, for but some reason no in the Midwest, yeah. well, we have hot sauce. It's always hot sauce or barbecue sauce, and it's just it's a weird mix, and I don't like it. Uh, I don't. I guess it's like the Midwest version of poutine, but. If you're going to call it poutine, it should damn well be poutine. Yeah. So last year when I was at the the two games that I went to, um, I had burden barrel poutine. Um, they have a fried chicken one that had no hot sauce in it. It was just, it was fried chicken, gravy, cheese curds, French fries. It was very good. I liked it. I mean, not as good as what I had in Montreal, obviously. Of course but not. The Sounds very favorite, snobby. It does, it does. But my favorite place in St. Louis to get poutine is Schlafly Taproom. Very good, very good poutine on the starters menu there. I have never had poutine. Yeah, you're missing out. I've, I've had a horseshoe. I've had a number of horseshoes. I so I've, I've been close. Yeah. So the only difference between a horseshoe and a poutine is is bread. And I don't know that I've ever had a horseshoe. Really? Yeah. The Sergeant Pepper's in town I, has them. Yeah, I've uh, I've never been to Sergeant Pepper's. Oh. Well, that's pretty good. I mean, it's you know, it's cafe, it's diner food. And listen to you sound on all Southern Illinois in town. <laughs> in town, <laughs> is that is that a, is that like a dialect? Is that is that a thing well, in town? Well, I, I mean, mean, how else do you describe shows, something that's in your city? From the farmland. Well, I, how, how else do you how else do you tell someone that something is in your vicinity, in your town, in your city? Would you say, I don't know. In Edwardsville proper? <laughs> wow, but okay. Well, yeah, I'm in Troy. Yeah, that's true. I'm in Troy, so Wednesday right. in town. Okay, right. whatever. It's just yeah. 
you showed your your uh, Smithton roots there. I think. <laughs> My Smithton roots. Smithton shout out. I love Smithton. That's I good. can That's honestly say, Kurt, I have never even heard of a horseshoe. I mean, I know what a horseshoe is, but not the food. It's it's I can open face sandwich. Apparently, uh, well, it's got okay, uh, meat. There's there's bread, right? And then there's meat, mm-hmm. like a chicken or or a burger or like a, a like ground beef. It's a patty. And then there's fries and a, and a shit ton of cheese, like melted cheese on top, mm. which is a, a very close to a put, for poutine, I guess. But I, I've never had a poutine, so what? And Bill's never had a horseshoe, so we need to have. Please, we need to fix this. A <laughs> yes, it is just poutine. Don't call a poutine. A no poutine. I, I had a poutine. Okay, yeah. never had poutine. No. Right. What's what's plural? What's plural? What's uh, plural for poutine? What is poutine is plural. Poutines. 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 Owns. Owns. Ruin the Chiefs. Uh, the official beers of episode one forty eight. It sounds like we've had a number already. Yes, it does. Um. So, uh, Bill, what do you? Uh, you tweeted it out. What do you I got? did. Um. I am. Uh, what's What's the ABV in this bad boy? Um. Ooh, 13%. <laughs> Holy shnikes. I'm, and I am I'm already through uh, a good portion of it. It's uh, Four Hands Imperial Stout aged in Buffalo Trace bourbon barrels. It was a limited release for Four Hands last uh, spring. Got it at uh, Randall's in Fairview. And yeah, it's it's a beauty. It's, she's a beauty. She's a beauty. <clears throat> cool. Uh, Ponder. Yeah. What's your, well, what's your, what's your variety? Well, there are some great conversations going on here in the YouTube chat. Uh, first of all, I, I love the comment. I guess because you haven't had poutine, or maybe you're pronouncing it a poutine. I love cheese Somebody, curds. Uh, Spoon Fudge says, that's why Kurt is single. <laughs> There's a number of reasons ah. why I'm single. Uh, and then uh, John Woodson says, I would like a single poutine, please. <laughs> Horseshoe does not have cheese curds. Is that a is that a reference a response to a conversation in the chat? We didn't say that cheese curds, right? No, cheese curds. Poutine is cheese curds. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, because I know uh, horseshoes of the melted cheese. Yeah. How can you run a hockey show and not have poutine? Yeah. I had never heard of poutine until Bill went to Montreal. Uh, I had never. Wow. I don't know. Right. I, it's not. It, it's not. A, it's not a. It's not a Midwest thing. It is poutine. no, it's it's a it's primarily a uh, a Canadian thing. So there you go, French Canadian thing. So I, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> um, but you want to eat it. I, it is good, you know. And, and the Canadians have probably never had uh, a toast ravioli and uh, uh, you know Ted Drews and St. Louis style pizza. <laughs> Anyhow, you're, you're literally just naming St. Louis food. Right. Well, that's why I'm How from the same. I'm, I'm from the area. I'm from the area. I don't. I don't know anything outside the. I don't know what's specific to Kansas City. But you know what's in town. I know what's in town. I did, now I'm going to be self-conscious about in-town comments. <laughs> Thank you. I've never uh, heard that before either, Kurt. So I'm with you on that. All right. So and we've we could have had a whole segment. We did a whole segment on poutine. So I, that's I, our show, everybody. Right. Thanks for listening. So yeah, your uh, beer, Jeff. My beer of the episode is the O'Fallon Pumpkin Beer. So I had Oktoberfest from Schlafly last week, and uh, this week I'm going to the Pumpkin Beer. Pretty much primarily what I drink in October is Oktoberfest and Pumpkin Beer. So uh, one of the best ones, again, I know I say that a lot, that uh, I always say Schlafly has the best Oktoberfest. I think O'Fallon has the best Pumpkin Beer. So 
if you're looking to try something you've never had before, give these a shot. Spoon fudge. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little uh, 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 hell yes to spoon fudge. The uh, the uh, YouTube chat. He said Ted Drews. Oh, he said uh, Bobby's is better than Ted Drews. Ted Drews is overrated. I love Ted Drews. Don't get me wrong, but uh, Bobby's is right down the road. So uh, in I, town. I, in town. Bobby's is in town. <laughs> so. Yep. Uh, yep. That's, that's our go-to place <laughs> yeah. here in Madison County, right? Bobby's is fantastic. Yes. And uh, Deanna seconds the uh, you're not wrong about Bobby's. It's it's really good. John Woodson says UCBC uh, 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 Urban Chestnut is the, yeah. the best Oktoberfest. That's a good one, too. Yeah, yeah. that's okay. a good one. Definitely try it if you haven't had it before. Uh, my beer this evening is uh, Bill and I both went old beers uh, and both from Four Hands. So mine's... Uh, uh, the peanut butter chocolate milk stout from Four Hands, uh, which is last year's release, 2017, I guess. Uh, it's, it's. I, I mean, it's, I've, I've had this on the show a number of times, and it's it's one of my favorites. So, and I, I assume it's out soon, if not now. Um, so I figured I'd just tear into it, and I'll replace it soon with a, a one from this year. <laughs> so, a current vintage. A current vintage, yes, because this it, it, it ages well. This uh, this peanut butter chocolate milk stout from 2017. Wait, wait. Ah yes, that's mm. that smells good. So, and apparently, if you're pregnant, you should not drink this, according to the bottle. According to the Surgeon General. The Surgeon General. So anyway, that's good. If you like, uh, if you like stouts, uh, the uh, the peanut butter chocolate milk stout, I believe, is a popular beer in St. Louis. So, from Four Hands, check it out. Maybe I will. Today in blues history. Which Hang on. I know I got your See, message. You don't, you don't I, I saw my, it. You don't I, read my I saw it, but I was getting ready to start it. What am I going to do? Just sit here and uh, <laughs> I'll just ramble yeah. on about. Vamp. I'll, Vamp. I'll ramble on about peanut butter camp. Vamp. Yeah, you gotta vamp. you gotta vamp like uh, like Letterman. Mm-hmm. What does vamp mean? Talk. Oh my lord. Talk for a pause. You're a podcast host. Oh, okay. Okay. So hey, um, if anybody has not had these cinnamon yogurt covered pretzels. Yes. From Fresh Time. We're, we're giving free advertising tonight to right. Fresh Time. Fresh Time. Cinnamon cinnamon yogurt covered pretzels. They are really, really good. Blood brought them over the other night uh, for a uh, small gathering I had at my, my abode. Yes. And uh, mm. they're very good. The annual Bone Tomahawk Watch Party. The Bone Tomahawk Watch Party. Okay, you uh, you don't have to vamp when I'm actually ready to talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go. You, got, you also have to let us know when you're ready to talk. Right, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, well, shit, I'm doing it wrong, guys. Give me hands. Uh, I just wanted to point out, friends of the show, St. Louis Game Time, for any of you going down to um, the game tomorrow night or if you're going down to the rally, 5 o'clock, they start selling the St. Louis Game Time outside of Enterprise Center. So if you uh, have never picked up a Game Time, head out there and get one because uh, – those guys do great work. They put a lot of work into what they do. And, uh, uh, yeah, I felt that as the season draws closer, we should give them a little plug because uh, they're one of the best things to read on game days. Uh, Ray asks if uh, Bobby's has poutines. <laughs> uh, they do not. They, they have, don't have singular poutine. No, they have pies. And I think they have, like, a turtle. They're known for their turtle, turtle custard, I think. Yes. So... Concrete. And Spoonfudge wants to know why Jeff wasn't invited to my uh, my party. Uh, that's because I live on one side of the river and Jeff lives on the other. And, and we f- all know we can't mingle. Right. And folks from the the uh, west side on uh, Missouri 
uh, feel that anything across the river is uh, 50 miles away. So no one, no one ventures over here too often, even though it's like literally you could hit a golf ball across, uh, you couldn't, uh, across uh, the river. I don't, I don't like forging no, no, the river. Not no, close, not you couldn't close. do it. No, you, you I, could. I couldn't do it. No. Yeah. They used to have that at the uh, VP fair back in the day that they would put a, a green on a barge out in the middle of the river. Really? Yeah. And yeah, <clears throat> but that was back in the day, back in the day. Today in St. Louis history. Today, is, <laughs> today in the St. Louis Blues history, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account. Uh, give them a follow. Uh, October 3rd, 2018 is today. So 1931, October 3rd. Happy 87th birthday to former St. Louis Blues goalie Glenn Hall, born October 3rd, of course. 1931 in Humboldt, uh, Saskatchewan. I didn't know it's from Humboldt. Yeah. That's, uh, hmm. Uh, Glenn Hall is the oldest living St. Louis Blues player. For those that didn't know that, and don't tell me you did, because you didn't. Unless you unless read. you followed right. the St. Louis Blues history tour account. Exactly. If it's, you did, you'd know this. Right. Uh, there's a movie coming out, Mr. Goalie the movie. Is it really? Chronicles his life. Yes. Really, Mr. Goalie. Uh, 1973. Uh, today's date: 1973. Bobby Plager, who is at Barco Bill. Uh, bar, at Bark Bob Bill on Twitter uh, of the St. Louis Blues received a suspension from the NHL for an altercation with an official and became engaged on the same day. So uh, Clarence Campbell said the suspension was for physically interfering with the game officials in carrying out their duty and threatening physical violence to the referees. <laughs> Which, you know, and they, they it was a, during a preseason game too, which kind of like Almost as like a segue into what we're going to talk today. <laughs> Preseason stupidity. <laughs> well, and, and this also plays into what we're going to talk about a little later because um, if, if if Bob Plager could do that in 1973, that means he can do it now, right? Like if players want to abuse the officials, that's oh, yeah. okay, right? Yeah, what, cause, because what you do 30, 40 years ago, you know, is fine today. I mean, it's yeah. you know, that's, that's just hockey. Cool. The rules have not changed. No. Science is not advanced. They don't know. I mean, the people. we don't get smarter about things. 99% of the people listening to this right now are going, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. We will get to this in a minute. I get it. It involves a former blues player, which will be fun. Who had some, who had some outlandish comments about the next story we're going to discuss. Yeah. So this will be fun. Former blues player and fellow podcaster. And fellow podcaster, yes. Mm-hmm. Who I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna venture to say that that he just calls into the show or is in the studio sometimes. It must be nice just to walk into the studio and sit down and just start talking. It is. <laughs> Let me tell you, it is. Because because I, I'm I assume that's what he does. So but yeah. So and, are you saying that Bill Bill Day is this show's Darren Kimball? Ooh. Start calling, yeah. Bill, you know, you see, <laughs> why are you dragging your knuckles across the table, Bill? I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, it felt like the right thing to do. Okay. At that moment. I'm wow. sorry. I would, I do not condone that whatsoever. That is ridiculous. <laughs> I am shocked and appalled. <laughs> this 13% is hitting me pretty hard, pretty quick. Okay, good. Well, then this should be a good conversation. This is going to be a great conversation. Uh, breaking news today uh, Tom Wilson. Suspended 20 games for the hit on Oscar Sundqvist, uh, and he will lose. Thanks, Jeff. 
he will lose over a million dollars in salary. Wait a minute, I, I muted myself. You heard that? Oh yeah, you didn't mute. No, you, you did not. There was no muting going on there. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> Kurt, edit that out right now. Yeah, it's on the fly editing. Yeah, we're, we're on a 10 second delay. I'll just hold on. Uh, yeah, uh, Tom Wilson suspended 20 games for the hit on uh, Sunquist. Uh, he'll lose a million dollars in salary. The NHL Department of Player Safety, a source from the NHL Department of Player Safety, and uh, 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 I forget the, the uh, never mind. He tweeted out earlier today. Heroes? No. Uh, anyway, a source from the NHL Player Department of Player Safety said uh, there's no formula for someone that's been suspended this often. We've never had a player in the modern era that's been suspended this much this frequently. Brian Sixteen. <laughs> Sixteen games ago, he hit another guy in the head too. So. Uh, and four suspensions. He's received four suspensions in the last 13 months. Uh, Sunquist is uh, day-to-day with concussion and shoulder issues from the hit. Um, there uh, on social media has been entertaining to say the least. Uh, lots of uh, victim blaming going on and claims of it being a clean hit. Um, okay, wait, wait, wait. Before we get into that, yeah. When we talk about the hit, yes. Okay. So, uh, what were your guys' thoughts? Uh, Sunquist. Uh, crosses reaches the pass, goes across the blue line, cuts to the middle, which any 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 hockey player knows. You 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 take your risks when you cut to the, you cut across the middle, uh, and he cut across the middle. It was real high slot, just inside the blue line, and he uh, he let a shot go, and Wilson's coming from the other side of the direction uh, to, from his right, and uh, blindsides him with a hit. Um, head was principal point of contact. Uh, shoulder to head, and uh, kind of, uh, uh, and Lundquist didn't, or uh, Sun, Lundquist, Sunquist didn't, didn't think, I didn't think he saw it coming. Um, he may have seen it the last second, I don't know, but uh, uh, yeah, so I, and I thought that he would, uh, you know, I thought when I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's a suspension, easy, and uh, I, I, we, we, I tweeted out something about, uh, you know, uh, over-under being eight games on the, on the, on the hit, I was trying to. And I was like, I think that's a fair number for over and under, just based on how the league usually goes with suspensions, whether it's always like, well, a little less than what you think it's going to should be. Um, but they got 20 games, so uh, I'm happy with the 20 games because I thought it was going to be like 10 or 12. Um, so I, I thought that was, I thought that was fair. Um, now, not based on other suspensions and things that have happened in the past, um, and based on his suspension history, I'm thinking, well, gosh. Maybe thirty games is more appropriate because of his his history, but I twenty games I'm more than I'm more than satisfied with because of uh, again how the NHL usually does things and his past history. So, yeah, just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it's it is clearly the kind of hit that the NHL has been trying to legislate out of the game, and Wilson's not getting the message. They got to send a strong <clears throat> message. <clears throat> a couple of things that I read today uh, related to Tom Wilson. <laughs> Do you know how many goals he has in in his NHL career? Isn't it not as many as suspended it, games? Or it's slightly more. Six more? 35, yes. He has 35 goals, 29 games of suspension in his career. Yeah. That's that's got to be well, I don't know. I don't know. Some some goons never scored can, a goal, so Can you can you can you say he's a goon if he plays on the top line? Can you say that? He's well, <laughs> he's not a goon, but he no, he's certainly he can play. a dirty dirty player. Yeah. Um, I'm, I've already forgotten what the, uh, the other point, um, 
the fact that it's a preseason game and he just saw, he just gave up 1.2 million dollars yeah. in salary for a hit on a fourth line player in a, a preseason pre- game a non-conference fourth line player a fringe fourth line player right. i didn't have him on the team no i didn't he was he was press right. box at best right. right he was he yeah yeah, it was the game that the Blues had called up 25 people to avoid somebody getting hurt in the game. And somebody got hurt in the game. <laughs> well, and, and somebody, I think, just mentioned this in the YouTube chat. That, he, okay, yeah, Aaron Knox says, okay, so this fucker got, has gotten suspended four times in the last year, and none happened in the regular season, and three came against the Blues. Yeah, uh, yeah. preseason. Yeah. All of them preseason. <laughs> One was on Thomas too, which pissed me off. I mean, I, that sounds bad. I pissed me off more than Sunquist because, but you know, it is what it is. You got to prioritize your right. players, right? Right. No, I mean it's uh, it's it's ludicrous because he's an NHL player. I mean, he just signed that huge contract extension over the summer, and I mean he's on the roster. And now, listen, we've talked about this before on the show. I know we have that when you're in the game, even if it's a preseason game, tempers flare. Uh, you know, you get energized, you get into the game. It's it's easy to just kind of forget that it's a preseason game sometimes for some players, especially. So I'm I'm not saying that Tom Wilson should be lackadaisically skating in those games, but at some point when he's getting ready to make that hit, he's got to think this game doesn't mean shit. I do not need to be laying some AHL talent out in a game that means nothing against a division, it's something that's not even a division rival or a conference rival. It makes no sense. I just don't understand his logic. I mean, again, I, I don't think that you should just, you know, skate through the motions in preseason, but man, you got to think at some point when you're coming in to make a hit on someone, you got to think some of these guys are just like, you know what? I'm a veteran. This guy's trying to make a team. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to lay off a little bit. Yeah, I'll still bump him, but I'm not going to knock him into next week. Tom Wilson doesn't seem to have that part of his brain working properly. Tom Tom Wilson's a stupid hockey player. He I mean anybody who is is going to sacrifice 1.2 million in salary for a hit in a preseason game. Something is I mean, come on. Uh, he he knows his own history. He knows he's susceptible to stupidity. Uh, and, I mean, you're in a game that doesn't mean anything, like you said, Jeff. It, it means zip. And now he's lost 1.2 million in salary, and uh, he misses 20 games because of a hit he dished out in a preseason game that meant nothing. He wasn't even sending a message to a division rival. His other conference. It's just this is is this a stupid stupid thing to do. Um, uh, it, and, by the way, real quick, you mentioned the one point two million coming off the books. Did you see the thing about how he doesn't get a paycheck the rest of the year? I heard his I heard his contract was structured so it was a suspension proof. I I didn't go into details uh, looking into I, why, but he I, he doesn't. I get, saw. Uh, I don't know if it's true, but what I saw is that. He, his base salary is about one million, but he got a four million dollar signing bonus. Oh. So he gets that signing bonus up front, and then <laughs> the uh, and then so that means that he's already gotten his only paycheck for the year if he's losing one point two million dollars. Hope he didn't buy a flying car. So that's what they meant by by suspension proof. Like yeah. he's not going to get hurt by. Well, he still lost a million dollars. 
over a preseason game. I feel like no, I, mean, I, I, I saw like Iverson like, we're talking about practice. We're talking about <laughs> yeah. practice. Jesus. I, I and, and he's a stupid hockey player. He it's just dumb. So the last player the NHL legislated out of the league was Rafi Torres and Tom Tom Wilson is now I think the NHL's target to be legislated out of the league. And I don't have a problem with it. So on uh, and I I don't I don't either. I I don't I don't uh I, and it's it's telling too cuz the vast majority of social media has uh uh has been on board with the suspension and, and Jeff we we texted earlier about how even a lot of Washington Capitals fans are like, "Yep. Okay, good. That sounds about right." You know, well, he 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 deserved it. Yeah, uh, for for those that follow me on on Twitter, um you may have retweeted it on the Let's Go Blues radio account, I don't know, but um the uh I cannot say her name, so I'm not going to try. One of the Capitals beat writers um, tweeted out that, uh, you know, here's the suspension for Tom Wilson. And, and I retweeted it with a quote that said, hey, read the comments, everybody. The comments from Caps fans were, yeah, that's about right. I mean, it was it, it was completely in agreement. Of course, you're going to get some people saying, what the hell, that's steroid level for suspensions. And, oh, that's. But okay, you're gonna get people like that in every fan base. It's fine, but the majority of responses to that were, "Yeah, that's probably fair." Uh, and of course, and there were these sprinkled in comments that uh, were rather ignorant about, you know, uh, oh, I I saw a handful. Oh, it was mostly body, con- mostly body to body. You know, I got mostly shoulder. And I'm like, yeah, I I mean, I I get when you I get being a homer and looking through uh, certain color glasses when you see a play, but come on. Um, and of course the, the, the Darren Kimball, former blues enforcer, um, was, uh, was pretty adamant about it being a clean hits and, uh, how, and he was victim blaming Sunquist saying that he needed to keep his head up. And I want to say this up front. I, I, we, I touched on earlier about how when, especially when players cross, cross the middle, uh, with the puck, you, you do need to keep your head up. That, I mean, that's a thing. I mean, you, you can't, you can't play with your head down. You'll get blown up. But <laughs> in this situation, to pretty much pass off uh, Wilson's hit as being clean and then to, on and, and on the same breath, blame uh, Sunquist for keeping his head down, it's like, I mean, it's almost like uh, uh, Kimball was a, a, a Washington Capitals, you know, uh, blogger or something. Right. It, so I, 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 I don't, I don't get it. Uh, that didn't. That doesn't make any. I mean, I, I, I. Okay, yes, you've played in the NHL. I, I mean, you're you 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 made it to the NHL and you had a a nice little career for an enforcer. You're wrong here. I am right. sorry. That was that was thirty years ago. And it was. It's a different era. Right. We it's, had this conversation in a different era uh, last the right. last episode. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of time, you know, I, I, I've always said. You know, especially when it comes to goaltending, you cannot compare eras. The the 80s and early 90s, you can't compare it to to where it is now. The defensive game is so much different. But that was also the heyday of the enforcer. And, you know, you you went to games, you know, the the old joke was, I went to the fights and the hockey game broke out. You know, that, that was, it was expected that you were going to see brawls between enforcers every night. That's not the NHL anymore. The game has passed them by. 
the concern for concussions, even though I still don't think the NHL as an, as an organization takes it seriously enough and is trying to downplay it for their legal risk, you know, I <clears throat> it's a different era. People are worried about brain injury. And, you know, it's, it's sad that we have people holding on to the past so much saying, you know, like the, the Blues NHL podcast official account tonight tweeted out a picture of people in, you know, the, the bubble suits bumping into each other during an intermission saying, maybe we should have the players wear these today. Right? Jesus Christ. It's disgusting. I, 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 and that's, that's the thing too, is that, you know, the, the, the guys that like example for Kimball who, who played in the eighties, uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Bill. It is a, it is a different era that the game is played differently. We know so much more about head injuries back in the day. I remember vividly having discussions with people and, and hearing discussions on TV about whether a hit was clean or not. And the only concern was, was the elbow down. You could hit somebody square in the head with your shoulder. didn't matter mm-hmm. because as long as your elbow was down, yeah, it's a clean hit because elbow's down. And that wasn't that long ago. That was in the 90s, late yeah. 90s probably. Uh, so uh, 2000s. Right, up until probably 2013. That, Steve, I, I, I think a watershed moment in the concussion thing was Mark Savard. He was such a great talent. And when his career got derailed, you know, from basically his hit was very similar to the one that, that – uh, uh, Oscar uh, Sunquist just Sunquist. had right, uh, the beer. It's a thirteen percent alcohol. It's, it is. It is. I, was, I almost called him Lundquist, but yeah, I did. Whatever. I just did that earlier. Right. But yeah, it, it's. I think we crossed that line somewhere in the last five years, but the game has changed now, and that's the point. It's. It is a new era. The rules back when can be played don't apply anymore. It. It. it it's just. It's like a different sport, right? Almost, the, it really is. The thing that I want to ask Kimball, uh, I would love, to, honestly, I would love to ask, and, and Jim Grower's invited me on a show, so maybe I need to go on there and actually ask him this. I don't. What bothers me about this mostly is he says that kind of hit belongs in the game. That he knows people who have suffered from these kinds of hits. He brought up Eric Lindros uh, on on his Twitter feed about how Lindros would still make that hit today. Uh, pretty sure Eric Lindros just talked about how he plays in men's leagues now and they don't hit and it's awesome. Um, not to mention the Wade Belaks, the the Bob Proberts, the guys who who battled alongside him and had brain trauma. And I just don't understand. I mean, I get that that, that was your game. I understand that. But, I mean, look at the damage it has caused players from that era. And I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, maybe Mr. Kimball is is just one of the lucky ones and, and never had any problems, but you got to think at some point down the road, it hit him and it was just, oh man, I just can't, you know, oh, I can't get out of bed today. I can't, it's hard to even lift my fork. I mean, hockey players all the time talk about that kind of stuff happening to them. You know what? And, and it's just, it's shocking to me to hear a former player still in, in defense of that kind of thing when when you know he knows people who are suffering from stuff like that uh he what triggered me a little bit uh one the, the probably his tweet today that triggered me the most was uh and he's been vocal about this because he I don't know, he's not a big twitter user he, he does stuff every once in a while but he's been vocal about this 
But uh, he tweeted today at uh, about 4.30. He said uh, when they – and, he, and he tweeted a picture of uh, Tom Wilson just sitting on the bench smiling. And he said, when they raised the banner tonight, remember the, remember the way you played helped your team win it. So he's basically saying don't change a damn thing because your team needs you to play the way you do because you won a cup. And that – Basically, he's endorsing the way he's endorsing Tom Wilson's hit as well part of the game. That's that's a it's a part of the game that needs to stay. And I'm like, I don't get that whatsoever. That makes that's almost like he's just poking a bear. He's 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 trolling for shit or something. I don't know. Maybe he is, but uh, maybe he's laughing at home. But uh, he comes off like an ass with that tweet. Yeah, I agree. That was uh, that was definitely low brows from him. I. I mean, I know that he's, like you said, he doesn't tweet a lot. And when he does, it's usually something kind of poking the bear. But, uh, yeah, that was, to me, a, a little over the line, too. And I, I didn't like his tweet. Uh, so I did tweet him about it and kind of shared my thoughts on it. Um, and then he responded. And, and uh, well, he didn't respond. He, re- quote, <laughs> retweeted me, which is That's so enough. easy to follow a conversation when people do that. Jesus Christ. The the, yeah, the, 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 rep- the reply is for replying. The retweet yeah. is to take a take a comment or something and to put your own spin on it and to show it to your listeners. If you're in a conversation, use the goddamn retweet button, not the or use the <laughs> use the reply button, not the retweet. Oh, it's so hard to follow yeah. a conversation when you do that. Yeah. But anyway, so so he responds to me with some bullshit uh, which I'm not even going to get into because I am just still again shocked that a, a man of his caliber would feel this way about it. And Jeff Jones kind of responded and said, you know, Hey, Sunquist, Yeah. You know, you got to keep your head up in hockey, but you got to, you know, his head was down because he was looking towards the net where he was putting the puck and he was going across the ice. And, you know, it's not like he was, you know, admiring his pass as they might say, you know, and, and they just kind of explained why Sunquist isn't to blame. And then Kimball started goading him about, you know, Oh yeah. You know, so when, when did you, do this or when when were you involved in this clearly saying when was the last time you played in the nhl and listen we've talked on this show and i and you know and i hate saying it because it does make us seem like pompous asses but there is a lot of the game that you have to play to on you really do have to play to understand and i and i i agree with mr kimball on that side of it but uh the thing that i don't agree with is somebody who's basically quoting the rule book and follows the game, and yes, Jeff Jones has also played hockey, and then myself included have played hockey, so we get it to a certain extent, maybe not to your level, Darren, but I mean, to completely dismiss somebody who knows the rule book and and knows, <laughs> hey, that was illegal because of XYZ, which is exactly what they said in the NHL player safety video, to dismiss that and say, oh, well, you didn't play in the NHL, so you don't know. That's, uh, that's just. Do you know, I will now. <laughs> do you know what gets brought up a lot? Uh, what 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 it has been talked about a lot was is Steve Scott Stevens. This whole um, uh, well, when Scott Stevens uh, Scott Stevens heyday, you know, he dished those kinds of hit those kinds of hits out all the time, and he's a Hall of Famer. Like, yeah, back when those kinds of hits were legal, and right. you didn't get suspended mm-hmm. behind the head because your elbow was down. Um, if your elbow was up, suspension, or fine, both fine suspension. If your elbow was down, shoulder. 
Yeah, that's that's the way it works. Um, but it, it's it's a little worse nowadays too because the the uh, equipment is so it's like armor. Right. So I mean, when you when you do catch somebody in the head with an elbow or a shoulder, uh, you're hitting them with basically a tank. So right. and it's and it's, and it just compounds things to make things that much worse. Right. So. There were there were two defensemen of the '90s who were just notorious and and timed their hits very well. Stevens was the best by far. You if you you know two hits right off the top of your head, the Lindros hit, the Korea hit, and the Korea hit. <laughs> yep. And it's easy to forget the Korea hit and the impact that it had because Korea came back and scored the game-winning goal. One of the best moments in Stanley when Cup he history. should not have been on the ice. Right. Concussion no. protocol today would have kept him on. Oh yeah. Off the ice. I I I'm sorry. It was a great goal, but I'd rather him have not gotten back into that game. Oh sure. And. You know, and it, that's the, he stayed away from the game because of right. a lot of these issues. But <clears throat> Darian Hatcher's the other guy, and but his were more elbows. And <laughs> and I remember the first time I ever heard people talking about the composition of an elbow pad was because Darian Hatcher had concussed somebody. I don't know if it was Scott Young, somebody on the Blues, um, with with just a, a crease clearing, throwing an elbow, and. It, they said it's just getting much more dangerous when you when you moved away from the soft shell uh, elbow pads of the the 80s into these you know plastic capped elbow pads of the 90s and and now they're they're even you know I don't know they're what are they Kevlar <laughs> you don't need I, and it's the, here's the thing you don't need that right you I mean even in a in a in a, in a high speed NHL game. If everyone's wearing the soft equipment, you don't need the armor on your elbows and your shoulders. You don't need that. Um, I, okay, put some arm, put some armor on your chest right. you to prevent from the to, right. to protect so, from the pronger right. uh, Red Wings playoff incident where a shot hits him in the chest and his heart stops. Give that, some, yeah, that's fine. That or the clavicle breaks. Right. Right. Yes, but yeah, the elbows and the shoulders. Uh, that's. That's kind of that kind of makes things a whole lot worse, and I don't know. I mean, they're they're all they're doing all this stuff to to try and slowly trim down goalie equipment. It seems like they're doing they're doing it like millimeter by millimeter, right? Every season or something, right? But uh, it's like, come on, just do it already. Right. But but what about player equipment? I mean, <clears throat> so yeah, I'll date myself here, and that's fine. But I I remember I was in grade school, and like you can. I was a, 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 not a hockey card guy at the time, but a sticker collector. Jeff, I believe you worked for the company, Panini. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good old Panini. Yeah. So I had the Panini sticker books when I was in grade school in the 80s. And the 8788 Philadelphia Flyers, like if you look at their roster, everybody on that team, were they, they were the first ones that in the NHL that wore Donesy's shoulder pads. And those were the ones that were plastic capped. Those are the first ones. It made you look bigger. Just, just. I mean, it. Your jersey was an inch and a half higher than everybody else's, and it it was intimidating. But you know, it also probably was the start of this fad of having these plastic caps on on your equipment. And it, is that necessary? How much protection? I mean, it makes you feel safer. But what? What does that provide, and is it more dangerous to the opponent? Yeah, it, it, I, I would I would say it, it 
is way more dangerous to the opponent than it is protecting you. And if they're going across the board, give everyone the soft equipment, then I think I, I don't think it's a problem. Right. I, I think if you've got some guys, I don't even know if it, I don't even it would affect that even. I, I, I think if it would just force players to go back to that soft equipment, it would solve some of the issues. Uh, Spoonfudge says uh, you guys are not taking – this was a few minutes ago. You're not taking into account the size of the shoulder pads back then and now. Well, now we have. <laughs> well, so Brendan Shanahan throughout his entire Wore the NHL same pads, the same Cooper shoulder pads yep. from 1986 that he got when he was in juniors. Wore them through his entire career. And he and threw his weight around. At, he, he threw his weight around. And when you look at him, you can tell he's not wearing oversized shoulder pads. And he was yeah. an effective NHL player. Who threw his weight around? He threw his weight around and didn't suffer from concussion. He played in front of the net. He played right. in the corners. He was a he was a power forward. Yeah. And he did not have a problem. Yeah, I don't yeah. Um let's see, uh Spoon Fudge says, uh I know him. I guess Kimball. Hey, hey, hey. Let me take this one. All right. Take that back too, because of what Spoon Fudge said. He's probably right. He says, I know him, talking about Darren Kimball, and I don't think he is getting the point across he means to. You know, He's probably right. I mean, uh, uh, Kurt and I just had a situation where there was some stuff said in emails that <laughs> weren't meant to be said, but because it was an email, I think they came across right. way more violently than they could have. I meant to say. Were... <laughs> <laughs> I, I meant. I meant what I said. I was. I mean, you know, I was. You know, but I. You know, it was. It's, well, you it's, make that point across. It's it's it's, person, it's, it's it's fine now. I, I'm, no, I'm just I'm just saying. I I think I, I situation get situation Probably right. He's probably right. Darren probably doesn't mean it the way that he said it. So I take back what I said. But I would love to still talk to him, get his thoughts on it. Uh, and uh, then when you said something about me coming on the show, uh, Spoonfudge says I won't be now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he also asked, uh, did you guys hear, uh, Fuhrer's take on the enforcer in hockey on the, uh, the drop podcast, which, uh, yeah, uh, Lance on the drop podcast had, uh, Grant Fuhrer on as an interview. And did you, you guys catch that at all? I haven't, I haven't listened to it yet, but it's in my queue. It, it, uh, did it drop today? I think so. Yes. Yeah. I was at the, work. The drop drops the, today. The drop yeah. drop today. I, I listened to it in the car and I, I caught a part of the, uh, the part about the, uh, uh, the enforcer, but they they talked off and on about uh, uh, ice gladiators a lot. So, I, and I think that they they pretty much echoed the sentiment of that that documentary. So, but yeah, no, and, and the enforcers being an important role in the, in the game back in the day, uh, and how that's kind of like uh, been forced out. So, I think we we're all of the same opinion that we would like to see that kind of game return to where there are protection for the more skilled players on the team uh, since the NHL is apparently not going to uh, since suspensions and fines and things don't seem to be doing a whole lot necessarily. Um, I think if you, I think, you know, taking fighting out of the game is something that uh, uh, your diehard hockey fans, I think unanimously say, you know, let's bring it back, but where appropriate. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, when they first started, we're talking about you know hockey's going to be gone in the next or hockey fighting's going to be gone in the next five years or whatever. It, 
it did bother me because I do miss even the stage fighting. I mean, there were some that were kind of, okay, let's get back to the game. But I've always enjoyed the fighting. Um, but I'll admit, I mean, at this point, seeing what's happened to a lot of these former players in that era and just hearing the stories about the struggles they go through. I mean, even Chris Pronger, who didn't fight that much, and granted, he had other issues. He had the eye issue. Uh, but, I mean, he talked about how there was days he couldn't get out of bed. He, yeah. he couldn't go into a lighted room. It had to be dark. Um, and you got to think, I mean, he's not the only one. He's just one of the more vocal ones because he's one of the more bigger superstars that dealt with the concussion problem. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, fighting is great. And when it happens now, it's extra special because it doesn't happen anymore. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've kind of come around on it. I, I think it's time to kind of see that part of the game uh, come up very rarely. Well, it came up tonight. First game of the season. Lars Eller got into yeah. a fight with Brad Marchand. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, as far as hockey fights go, it was, you know, not Lars Eller's not a fighter. Brad no. Marchand's a, a scrapper. Um, you know, so the expected outcome was pretty obvious, and we got what, what you expected. <laughs> Lars Eller got a couple of shots to the face. <laughs> and walked away bleeding profusely from oh, his head. Oh, did he? I didn't see that. He did. <laughs> He did. Okay. So, well, that's what you get. So for... that's that kind of fight is, you know, if if you've got Lars Eller getting into a fight, it's it is a spur of the moment thing. It's right. the heat of the battle. That's how hockey fighting came about. But when you got to the George Larocq era, and I love George Larocq. He, as Canadians fan, I I loved him. His his you know he re- played himself perfectly in the movie Goon. You know, you, so you want to go? Yeah, sure. Well, good luck. You know, that, that was, that was his shtick. That's how he handled himself in the NHL, but it was the stage fighting era. And I think that was the worst of it. That was, that should have been the end of the enforcer era in the NHL. And for the most part, it was, you still have some guys in the league like Ryan Reeves, love Ryan Reeves, energy player brings, brings energy to the team, but yeah, isn't speed supplanting all of that? Yeah, at this point? I, I think I think Reeves was a is like a hybrid player that he could he could right. he's a really good fighter. Uh, he can play got, too. Right, he's got hands. He can skate a little bit. He's not fast, but he can skate, um, and he has hands. Um, so I mean, and he's so he's he has a role today. Um, so he he's and he's had a nice little career, um, and I'm sure he'll play for years to come. But uh, yeah, and, and nowadays, if you're in the NHL as an enforcer, you you do have to have skill. Uh, Aaron Knox said uh, on the uh, YouTube chat, uh, you also need better equipment now because the sticks are better, so players shoot harder. And Spoonfudge uh, said, no, you don't need harder elbow pads and shoulder pads, which I agree with, I guess. So, well, <clears throat> with I don't know, not not that I am an expert in this area, but. With the advances in equipment, like with microfiber, with Kevlar built into it, do you need the plastic caps? Because I really think that's the that's really what led to a lot of the concussion problems. Yeah, I mean it's it's an unscientific observation by me, but that just the Darian Hatcher throwing elbows in front of the net with a big elbow pad that's you know got a huge plastic cap on it. 
isn't that going to be a problem? Do you need that? No, I, I don't think anybody needs the huge plastic caps. I, I remember when I remember back in the day when uh, I used to have the soft elbow pads. I still do actually. I wear the soft ones. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I was elbow pad shopping and my cousin uh, Jeff was with me and he he bought because he had elbow surgery mm-hmm. and so he bought different elbow pads to protect himself as best he could because of the surgery, which I get. But he bought these tank plastic just massive elbow pads with a knob on the on the elbow mm-hmm. you know right. like just in case you got somebody it just inflicted that much more damage which is a crazy it's almost like a like a, just some kind of weapon on the end of the, of the elbow and uh we always joked about those things like yeah that could kill somebody you mm-hmm. just i mean just just crazy and that, that was right. available right. for anybody to buy it was 30 bucks and it was you know Right. And it, it's crazy because I know that he suffered the elbow injury as a goalie taking <laughs> shots at the inside of the elbow. It right. wasn't on the outside of the elbow. <laughs> but, yeah, I get it. Uh, Spoonfudge said in the YouTube chat, uh, look at the exchange between Kurt and the drop last week. I don't know how that applies to today's conversation. I'm not sure. I'm missing yeah. something. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing it's something that we probably passed over. Okay. And, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean it, that's the problem with not reading these in real time. Yeah, I know, right? Okay, and uh, let's see, Bob Rakowski, uh, broken nose is much more of a deterrent than a fine and time off. Uh, that's and that's that's a good point. I mean, you get popped in the face for something you do, or or your your star gets taken out uh, because of a hit that you put on someone else's star. You know, that's 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 more uh, you know back in the day stuff. Yeah, Bob's right. I mean, he says uh, concussions come because of hockey more than hockey fights. I mean, he's right. But the thing oh, that, sure. that, yeah. the, thing that uh, the league's trying to do is do everything they can to stop these concussions. And yeah, while it's honestly the, the lower percentage that's fighting that's causing it, the NHL's looking at it and saying, okay, there's an aspect of the game that causes concussions that we can get rid of. Well, we've talked about this a long time. We have. <laughs> we're, we're we're probably about an hour onto this subject. Yeah, almost. By the way, forty minutes. Yeah. So let's yeah let's let's move on. There's an upcoming I think, I think season. Is so there not? I think I think what we've we've come to the conclusion that uh, Pondo's going to fight Kimball. Yes. And, uh, and it's I'm a pay per view event. It's pay per view. Um, I'm sure we'll have the drop podcast guys bring their uh, their studio stuff and yeah green screen <laughs> green it screen all. yeah green screen it up. <laughs> we'll put an 80s hockey rink backdrop with no ads on the boards uh, behind them and they can just go at it. But there will be no wrestling references and no wooing. No. That's... As long as Jamie Rivers is the referee, that's all I ask. And if and if, uh, the Blues NHL podcast uh, with Rivers and Kimball, um, Rivers was on, I think they released it uh, couple, uh, two, th- two or three days ago. It was right after the hit, two days ago, I guess. He, uh, it was a really long conversation about this, which is this almost the same kind of thing we've done today. But um, it was pretty good, um, and it was, I, I, it was really hard for Rivers to talk about the hit because, and I get it because he's like, well, you know, when you hit somebody, you know, the head's down, and you're trying to hit body to body, and you hit the head. I mean, it's just you hit him. I mean, face. It's it's hard to not hit him in the head, I, which I get. But anyway, it was it was a, it's a pretty good listen. So I went uh, listen to that. Check it out. Um, so uh, less than 24 hours now from the puck drop of the uh, St. Louis, uh, the season for the St. Louis Blues. Optimism is oozing. Hey, wait, can I can I break in with some breaking news here? 
Okay, Nick. <laughs> this is actual breaking news. <laughs> it's not a parody thing or anything? No, this is a real thing. This All is right. breaking news for Let's Go Blues Radio. Okay. Just got an email from Gene Ackman, creator of the Let's Go Blues song. <clears throat> yes. He says, haven't forgotten about you and the St. Louis Blues hockey fans. That's you guys. I was on vacation for a week, and then we can't get into the studio until next Thursday night, but we should have something for you on Friday next week. Stay tuned. Cool. From Gene. So for those of you wanting to hear the new Let's Go Blues song from Gene Ackman and Smash, next Friday we should have something. Cool. Uh, Can I go ahead now? <laughs> wait, wait, there's more. Wait, there's more. <laughs> uh, optimism is oozing from the city because of the uh, the moves made this offseason by Doug Armstrong. Uh, the acquisitions of O'Reilly, Perron, Bozak, and Maroon via trades and free agency uh, are rather exciting, uh, plus the injection of more youth in the lineup with Thomas, Kairou, and uh, Blay. So uh, them cracking the opening lineup uh, out of camp was kind of uh, I think I think that surprised people that uh, I think a lot of people didn't think Thomas and Kyrie would both make it. Uh, uh, people thought Thomas because of the situation with his age and not being able to go to the uh, to the AHL and have to go back to juniors. Um, so, but I think Kyrie was a very nice surprise in camp as far as like how he had progressed and and he was they felt he was NHL ready. So that's kind of cool. But uh, uh, just the other day, Yaskin and Thorburn were waived. So Yaskin and his $1.1 million cap hit was claimed by Washington, and Thorburn and his $900,000 cap hit cleared waivers, which that's the second time he's cleared waivers in the past, what, eight months or something? So He's uh, an in-demand hockey player. Yeah, a $900,000 player clears waivers twice in a year, No one, you know, and, and no one wants him. So it's, it's kind of telling on a guy that you could get pretty cheap. So he doesn't... You know, I, we you know, Thorburn's a great guy. Yeah, everybody says he's a great guy, great locker room guy. Um, I don't know how they're going to use him this year. He'll be a press box guy or in wherever, uh, San Antonio maybe. But do you think he'll be in San Antonio? Because last year they put him on waivers and he still played for the team like two nights later. Yeah, but and he like had a couple of good games there too after he came back. So he, I guess, he earned himself at least press box time. But I, I, I don't see. I mean, I guess, okay, he's in the organization and he's available if we need somebody. But he was on the ice when Sunquist got hit. Right. You know, and he and he wrapped up uh, Wilson right away. And what happened? No, he didn't do anything. And Wilson skated away. So it's like and, – and, and I think it was asked in the YouTube chat earlier by somebody that, you know, will this, will this suspension change the way Wilson plays? Does anybody think that? No. But uh, what would you put here uh, in the uh, notes there, Jeff? Newest, uh, oh, yeah, about uh, Yaskin's comments? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Yashkin, so first of all, uh, uh, apparently Yashkin actually asked to be traded at the end of last season. Uh, Armstrong said he tried to do that but uh, was just unsuccessful. So that's one of the comments that came out. But uh, also comments that came out earlier today uh, Capitals winger Dmitry Yashkin was being talked to by uh, NHL and, and Capitals media. Um, asked about the opportunities got. He said he uh, said he he got opportunities with the Blues, but quote, it's kind of hard to grow if you have fourth line minutes. <clears throat> so basically, he's saying that the Blues only gave him fourth line minutes, uh, which Not somebody true. tweeted out. I think it was earlier today 
the opening lines for the first game of the season last <laughs> year. Line. And Yashkin was with Schwartz and Shen on the second line. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and, and I think every Blues fan knows that is not the case. Uh, I yeah. was a guy, and, and I'll let you guys get on your thoughts here in a second, but uh, I was a guy who was a big believer in Yashkin. I thought this kid's going to come up, and then I thought when they drafted Barbashev, I thought those two were going to be a solid second or third line pairing together because they're like best friends. They played together in juniors. Uh, I was a big believer in him and, and thought that he could be a, a 15 to 20 goal guy um, given the right line. But and, and I'll say on the fourth line, he wasn't awful, but he was given every opportunity to succeed and he never, ever <clears throat> took advantage of it. And uh, I was fine to see him go with the roster the team has now. He's just honestly unneeded. So uh, for him to say that is to me a little ridiculous, but maybe it's just his way of motivating himself. Yeah. I mean, he's, it's his opportunity to write his narrative, right? It's, it's not, it's not true. Um, He's in the nation's capital. There's another guy that kind of does the same thing there, but you know, uh, I actually think he, he probably got uh, less fourth line minutes than third line minutes. Well, at the end of his time here, right? He he, did. And I thought that was actually a good fit for him. Right. No, that's the thing. He, he and Patrick Berglund, were so great as defensive forwards. They were they they led. They were in the top t- you know top ten percentile of shot suppression when it came to fancy stats. They were great at at preventing chances by the other team, but everybody wanted them to score and they didn't do it. Because well, Berglund would have flashes and go and go streaky. He'd right. have. He'd have four goals in six games or something, right. and then he would disappear for thirty-five games. Right. So that was like people would get their hopes up, and he and he would score a big goal in the playoffs, you know. And it was just like, hey, and, there's the. And you got to mid-March, and you couldn't stop him, right? <laughs> that that was the thing. He was always great going into the playoffs, and then first game of the playoffs, he dislocates his shoulder. It happened <laughs> twice. Disgusting. Aaron Knox says, "I never understood the Thorburn sighting." I felt like uh, he was supposed to be Reeves' replacement when we didn't need a Reeves' replacement. And I think that's what uh, that was our yeah. sentiment at the time yeah, when great. we signed. Spot on. Yeah, Spot exactly. On. He was. Uh, we lost Reeves and or we well, traded Reeves. And uh, right. we, we thought, need- okay. And then they signed Thorburn. We're like, ah, why? Right. Why? We don't, don't need him. Don't. We give it to one of the kids. And and and, and you know people. Oh, you need you need an enforcer to, to play once in a while, just to have in the to you know to have that presence. He didn't fight that much last year. He really didn't. Right. Well, he didn't play. He was scratched for thirty-five games, and and when he did play, I don't know how many fights he got in, but it wasn't a lot. I mean, maybe you could make an argument that he didn't have to fight because his presence was there, and so then he wasn't that well. But you can make that argument, I guess, to some degree. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. actual right. actual fighting and his minutes were not a lot, and he just didn't. And he was a very poor man's Reeves. He was, right. he was not a good right. player other than a fighter, and he was only he was an only average fighter. Right. He scored one goal down the stretch for the Blues, and we're like, oh, that could be the goal that gets the Blues in the playoffs, and we didn't in the playoffs. <laughs> nope. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. He he certainly did not contribute uh, offensively the way Reeves would. You know, not that and, you expect an enforcer to do it, but Reeves would more 
more occasionally than Thorbone would. I didn't even. And I think I made this point several times last year. If you look at his stats over his career, he always scored when the Blues played Atlanta, Winnipeg. (laughs) And he was on their team. Uh, When his dad was in the audience. Dad was in the crowd. Well, that was Reed. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Sorry. But Thorburn. I remember going to a game back when Atlanta was was that organization where they were based, and Thorburn scored the game-winning goal. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> it, you know, that, that was, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago. And what does he bring to any NHL team at this point? Well, he's nothing, because if he did bring something that was usable, uh, he would have been claimed. Right. Yaskin so. claimed. I'm I'm going to set the over under for number of fights for Thorburn last year at six. What's your guys' take? Under. He played in about fifty games ish. Yeah. Less than less than fifty. I'm gonna say do you know the number, Jeff? I just saw it. Yeah, so I know it now. Uh I'm gonna say less. I would have said uh under. I'm gonna say less. It's actually over. Is it? How many? NHL fights last year, eight. Okay. Hmm. But not bad. So but about, once every, about once every uh, five, six games? Which is fine. I mean, we, we talked six about this in exhaustion already, that the enforcer roles is, is gone. Uh, but, I mean, if he's not fighting, he's not doing anything else for your club. No. So no. there's absolutely no point. In keep- and I don't mean to bash the guy. I mean, you said it, Kurt, everything I've heard. Great guy, wonderful teammate. People love him, but sorry, he's just not needed on an NHL roster in 2018. And I think it's more of a case now of teams just needing overall toughness. It's not so much, uh, you know, the presence of an enforcer. Um, if you have an enforcer that can play, you know, more power to you. But um, a, a guy like Maroon, who is a, a big, tough guy, who can, who can, is willing to drop the gloves and can fight, but he can really play. Um, you know, that's 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 more – you need a few of those guys right. um, as opposed to a guy that's just on the team to fight. You just can't waste a roster spot on a guy who is uh, is is a one-dimensional player like that as far as fighting goes. If you're one-dimensional as far as scoring, that's different because I think you can get out there and help your team win. Uh, but if you're one-dimensional as far as fighting and you get – four minutes of ice time a game. It's like, what are you doing? Right. And I, I had the conversation today with a guy at work, you know, so, so Thorburn didn't make the team. Who's going to protect him when the other team throws their goon out there? <laughs> well, <clears throat> Bortuzzo for one maroon for the other. Edmondson. But, right. Yeah. Why do you need that? The other team, what other teams going to have a goon? There's not many. Right. There's a handful of guys in the league that 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 are that are labeled as goons, and you know typically the goons aren't gonna aren't gonna be playing against your top line anyway. So I mean, fourth line against the top breaking line. Breaking news: The Blackhawks have just signed Stu Grimson. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> oh, that is a Nick comment. Yeah, that, that is because uh, there the, it is. The, the Reaper is now uh, now a uh, nationally. I think he's a national broadcaster. He's. I was impressed with him when I saw him in the playoffs last year. Really? Yeah. He's a, he's a smart guy. Yeah. He went what to Yale or Princeton, right? Uh, 
That was Peros. Peros was a but Prince Sid guy. I'm pretty sure it was Grimson, too. Yeah. Wouldn't All be surprised. Uh, so we got uh, the expected lines, the forwards this season uh, was a tweet out today. Uh, Maroon, O'Reilly, and Tarasenko for the for the top line. Schwartz, Shen, and Kairou for line number two. Steen, Bozak, and Perron, third line. And fourth line is Barbashev, Thomas, and uh, Blay. So, uh, Sashnikov skated today at the end of practice, FYI. Did he get a concussion? <laughs> uh, yeah, shot, hit the post, came back, ricocheted off of his helmet, and he's out six to eight weeks. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that was actually the case. Yeah, I know, right? So, uh, uh, anyway. You know what it is? Sorry, Stu Grimson went to law school. That's what it was. Okay. He's he's a smart guy. He's I I actually enjoyed his his presentation when he was uh, I forget what game it was that I was watching, but he was good. George Peros is a smart guy. Right. He was he was a he was I think Princeton. which is so funny because the typical right. uh, thought of uh, goons is as uh, a uh, you know dumb knuckle dragon goons, but you know there's some pretty smart uh, pretty smart goons. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Army said that the Blues had high uh, had expectations for uh, Blay to uh, push for a spot, and for Thomas to get a nine game tryout. Uh, Kairou was the uh, the player that opened their eyes, and which we touched on earlier. Um, and I assume the nine game tryout is still the deal with Thomas. I would. I didn't think about that when he was been a team. I'm like, I hope not. I hope it's more. Right. That right. seems like unneeded but pressure. He's he's the guy they can't go to. He can't I know. go to the AHL. So what are you going to do? Back to Send, juniors, right? You don't want to do that. Just Ma- just keep him. I here. mean, if he's awful, right? If he's awful in the first nine games, I get it. Okay, right. well, let's go back and reset in juniors, and play for twenty games and then come back or whatever. Right. But yeah, I I don't I. Right, he's he's got nothing to prove there. Right. He's got nothing to prove going to the World Juniors this year. Just just let I, him here. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm optimistic that three guys made it. We waved Yaskin and Thorburn. They're not around anymore. Well, Thorburn's still in the organization, but they waved him. But <laughs> yeah. but they're giving three young guys the opportunity. Right on the offensive which, end, right, which, which is fantastic. Right, that's that is a different mindset. You go back and listen to our previous shows. How many times did I bitch about veteran bias? <laughs> I don't know how many times we brought that up. Even you know that was terrible during the Hitchcock era. I I hated that it was a holdover into the Yo era. I'm I'm moderately excited that the Blues are giving these three guys a chance and. <clears throat> Putting Kairou on the second line. Right. Well, and Kairou being on the second line, it, it gives him a real nice shot early in his career right. to see what he can do with Shannon Schwartz. Right. I mean, now now I know that, that lines get switched up mid-game and lines for game right. two could be completely fucking different. But because um, I, I, you could see Steen lining up there. And, yeah, I know. And, and Kyrou on the fourth right. line or in there. I, I could see, right. oh, Kyrou had a bad first game, press box this game, put Steen on the second line. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, fuck, we're getting we're regressing into last year's model. Right. But uh, uh, I would hope that they would give these guys ample opportunity. Right. Even after a bad game or, or a rough game or whatever. I, I think it's a long season. I I would hate to see them kind of fall back into because there was there were comments made by Army as far as like well as far as the fourth line goes about we're gonna try and go faster more skilled younger on the fourth line but if that doesn't work out we reserve the right to go back to 
more traditional methods on the fourth line. And I was like, oh, man, don't even bring that up. I, right. I'm all excited about moving away from the Thorburn slow, no-chance-at-offense right. uh, right. fourth line. Right, uh, and, and that that was the one thing. If we didn't wave Dimitri Askin, keeping yeah. him on the fourth line, he was an effective fourth-line player because yeah. he would go into the corners, throw his, throw his body around. It was, again, great at shot suppression, but... Yeah, I know. I know. And and I think I think uh some folks on on social media were wanting to keep him around Yaskin mm-hmm. uh with the injuries to uh Fabry and then the the question marks. We don't know how exactly well Thomas and Kyrie are going to play and play are going to play. So, I mean, granted you know, a couple of those guys may lay an egg early and, and need more, you know, seasoning or whatever. And so, yeah, if that's the case, then I guess you could plug in Yaskin in the fourth line. It would be That'd be fine, I guess. Um, not ideal, but mm. it would be a, a nice stopgap until figure something else out. But that's not an option now. So I, I get that mindset that that folks might want to have that. But uh, I'm curious and excited to see how Tarasenko gels with O'Reilly. Because I'd imagine they'd give it a lot longer look than, say, the fourth line with Thomas and and uh, and Bly. So, right. Bly. Yeah, uh, yeah, I... I, I'm excited for that, and and like you said, Kurt, just to kind of throw this wrench in there, you said Kyrou could be in the press box and, and on a different line by the second game. He could be on a third line, fourth line by the third shift, mm-hmm. for all we know. So I yeah. hope that doesn't happen, because I know we've talked, to, you guys agree that uh, Mike Yo seems to be a, a 2.0 of Hitchcock, and uh, hopefully that mindset has changed with oh. the outcome if- that we saw last year. So we'll see. But uh, but yeah, and your comment about Tarasenko, um, that's going to be interesting. Uh, if you guys were at it, I don't know if, uh, how many people here listen to, I'm sorry, subscribe to The Athletic. Jeremy Rutherford had a great article where he interviewed uh, Ryan O'Reilly and asked him about um, what he thinks about playing with Tarasenko. And and if you read any of the uh, uh, any of the, the writers or anybody who was posting on Twitter the first day of camp, O'Reilly and Tarasenko did not look good together, apparently. Apparently, they looked awful. Out of sync. Passes were off. Shots were off. And uh, there was a lot of concern. But O'Reilly was just like, hey, listen, you know, we've never played together before, but I'm the type of player that can play well with him. I, I'm a, I'm a two-way player that uh, can get up and down the ice, and that's the kind of guy uh, a Tarasenko needs, uh, paraphrased, obviously. But, um, yeah, I'm excited for that, too. And, and I, Kurt, I know you went to the same game I did, uh, the the preseason game. Maroon, O'Reilly, and Tarasenko, I thought looked pretty good together. Um, Maroon was uh, was pitching in on the walls really well. O'Reilly was like like he said, playing a good two way game, and Tarasenko looked to be getting more open. Now, granted, that was a preseason game, but he was finding himself open for shots. He was. Uh, uh, finding himself open in the in the the hash marks. I mean, it just it looked like a completely different line than we saw Tarasenko play on last year. So uh, it should be interesting to see how these guys come out of the gate tomorrow. But uh, I know we mentioned Kairou possibly, and then the fourth line possibly breaking up pretty quickly. <laughs> I think you're going to see the Maroon O'Reilly Tarasenko line get every shot to succeed. Yeah, I I, I think so too. I, I think that's and that's why I said that I think that they'll give uh, they'll have a lot more opportunity together than say the fourth line would um or any kids would in the, you know like Kyrie on the second line. 
So that's that'll be interesting, and I hope that's not the case. I hope they do give them a, but I can totally see if they if we if we don't if if we only have like six shots in the first period tomorrow, and uh, uh and the second line doesn't look too good, I can totally see them go. Oh, let's switch stuff up. You know, let's bump Kairu down to the third line, and we'll move up you know, Perron or whatever. And it's like, ah, uh, okay. It'll be Steen. Steen. <laughs> he, he has he has a letter on his jersey. Right. It'll, it'll okay. be Steen. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. No, I. <laughs> you know, just not that. Not that I'm upset that he's no longer part of the organization, but Tage Thompson, I really thought. He, you go back to the games last year when he first got the call up. One mistake. He was on the bench for two periods. You cannot manage talented rookies that way. And if they do that with Cairo, it's it's going to be a disaster. That's a great point. Because that, that, that's, that's history with Yo and young talent. Right. And that's, it, that's a, that, you have oh, to yeah. give them grace to be able to make mistakes and learn from them. But if you staple them to the bench and make them feel shitty about, I made one mistake, I have to be perfect – they're not going to develop. I'm I'm hoping with the the with the roster turnover from last season with six new forwards and the influx of the the young kids, I'm hoping the mindset is there. That, okay, we've got a number of kids in the lineup. This is where we're going this season. We have to give this a shot. I'm hoping that's the mindset where last season it, that wasn't the mindset we had. Mm. You know, so I mean, even though Blay and and Thompson played some. Uh, not a lot, but some. Uh, there were other options to use, I guess. So, hopefully this year. And to be honest, you know, with with waving Yaskin and Fabry hurt, there's not a ton of options to like plug in instead of, you know, uh, uh, Kairu or somebody. If you want to bench him, you know, there's not a ton of options out there that are better. So I, I'm hoping. I mean, yeah, after ten games, if you know, if he needs to sit a couple of games or whatever, I get it. That's fine. But. This whole like one period, one mistake, or you know a, a bad right. change, or a, a bad pass, or a bad assignment, whatever, and and he gets benched for you know the a whole period is that's bullshit. Right. You go back to the yeah, end of yeah. Oh, just I, real quick, well, Jeff. Oh, go ahead. Just you go back to the end of last year. The veterans were gassed at the end of the year because I think rookies didn't, the younger guys didn't get enough playing time. Maybe this is more on the defense, but Petro, his his stretch run was terrible. He was gassed. He couldn't he couldn't help the team over the line to get us into the playoffs last year. You've got to use them. You've got to rely on them. You can't staple their asses to the bench. Yeah, all I was going to say to to Kurt's point too is that uh, uh, you, you you don't have a lot of options to plug and play with because you already just lost Yashkin and you got some injuries. They have nine defensemen on the roster. Now, listen, I know they can call people up, and, and we'll get to talking about the defense here in a minute, but, you know, if it's a back-to-back situation to start the season, you're not going to have the opportunity to just say, okay, this guy's sitting, so we're going to swap them out. No, you can't do that unless you <laughs> want to play seventh defenseman. So, uh, yeah, they're going to have to give these guys a shot, and my God, I hope they do. I mean, it's about time. We've been hearing about these rookies for years and it's time for uh, feels this, like years. Uh, it feels like years. To a couple to, to, to step <laughs> up and have these guys play. Uh, the uh, so as far as Fabry goes, uh, Fabry's worked as uh, Armstrong has quoted. 
saying Fabry has worked, Arabi has worked his tail off and his knee is as strong as ever, but uh, he's compensating different areas, whether it's the back, the groin, the hip. So what we've got to do now is get him in hockey shape, and that's going to uh, take a while. Kind of literally worked his tail off. Right. <laughs> um, and whatever. I mean, I, hopefully it is what he says it is, and, and the team will learn to, and he'll learn to play again and, and trust the knee so he isn't, stressing other parts of his body to compensate and put less stress on the knee. So, I mean, like, I think, I think he was also quoted as saying, someone else tweeted out that whether it's October, you know, 4th, uh, 5th, 4th, 6th, or, or November, whatever, you know, uh, they'll take the time with him and make sure he's ready to go. So, which is fine. I mean, I don't, uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'd love to have a 100% Fabry ready to go and contributing. Cause that's, that's 20 plus goals you're hoping for. Right. So. And and I think that Kairu's got his spot. And when Fabry's ready to come back, Kairu's going to probably be the guy that they send to the A because they can. Yeah, possibly. It depends on who who's playing how and everything too. Right. That, that could be right. that and, could be a few and, weeks from now. And other injuries. Right, right. You know, that's That's true. <sighs> Blay too. The things I mean, you can't predict. Right. Um so the defense, we got uh, they these these pairings here, and they're either tw- I don't know who they're tweeted out by. Uh, Bomeister, Petrangelo, Dunn, Pareko, Butler, Schmaltz, uh, Mikola, and Bertuzzo for the I guess it was in practice. Um, Gunnarsson's on long-term IR out until November with his ACL and his uh, shoulder, I believe. And Emmonson is not likely to play Thursday. So, um, okay. So before we we get into the the Bertuzzo, obviously he'll be suspended for game one, so yep. we're not going to see him. But uh, uh, and we'll get to Strickland. Uh, Andy Strickland had a comment on um, what we'll see uh, third pairing of. Uh, but I just want to point out, and again, I know Kurt, you were at the same preseason game as me when they announced the starting lineup as Bowmeister Petrangelo. Uh, my wife, who does not really pay that close attention <laughs> to the Blues, she just looks at me and says. They're really going to do that again. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, preach it to the choir, honey. I mean, well, as long again, as, yeah. Again with the Bowmeister Petrangelo. Come, it's, it is clear Petrangelo is a much better defenseman when he has a capable defenseman on his pairing with him. Right now, Jay Bowmeister is a third pairing defenseman. I've, that comment that I just made, I think I said 28 times last year. Yep. I mean, you guys have said it too. I'm fine with him being on the roster. That's fine. You're paying him a bunch of money. He's probably still capable of being an NHL defenseman. And I'm sure coming back from this injury, he's going to be better than he was last year. He actually had a good camp. Yeah, and he had a good camp. Having said that, two years ago, three years ago, he was not a top-pairing defenseman. So at this point, why is he still a top-pairing defenseman? Because well, you're, talking you're paying about, them. And, and again, well, we're talking we're talking about a lot of rookies making the roster. McCullough's on the roster. Schmaltz. Why not put one of those guys with the veteran Bowmeister and then let Dunn or Schmaltz or whoever try them out on the top pairing with one of the best defensemen in the league and see how they handle it? I would imagine that once, I mean, well, Gunnarsson's not until November, but Edmondson is hopefully only out for a game or two. Um, and uh, so once... Once he returns and once Bartuzzo comes back, uh, I would imagine Bowmeister would not be on the top pairing anymore. That Ed, that has to be the case. Right. Edmondson's we'll that yeah, guy. Right, right, right. 
So I want, right. I mean, it's I gotta, it's got to be Edmondson, right? It has it to be, has to, has to be. be. But yeah, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, he, he, he. That's not. I mean, if if Edmondson's in the lineup and Bomeister is is paired with Petrangelo, the, uh, this this team deserves what they get with Bomeister late in the season because he won't he won't last with those minutes. He, if you're gonna play Bomeister this season, you gotta limit his minutes. Uh, he's he's just. I I don't think that's a, if the smart way to go is to put him on a third pairing, play him less minutes per game, and maybe he'll last the whole season. Against yeah, against I mean, the against the other teams him, lesser lines too. Oh, no, I was just saying against the he's not playing against top lines either. So it's it should be less strenuous, less I minutes. Mean, he's a good skater. He's a good skater. You let him play against second, third lines, he's gonna be fine. I mean he he he's not getting blown away with Crosby speed when he's out there against players like that. You know, I mean, play him against the lesser lines, and I guarantee he'll give you good minutes, but when you're constantly showing him out there 25, 27 minutes a game and he's playing top lines, he's going to be exposed. Yep. I have no problem with him playing the first line in the first game. If this is like, okay, until Edmondson gets back, we'll play him one game, that's fine. But uh, this, I hope this is not a recurring thing. I, I, that's, that's a problem. I mean, am I just crazy in being alarmed by this? I know there's injuries and I know that there's a suspension to Bortuzzo, but... Seeing that in game one, does that am I crazy in thinking that I'm a little alarmed that we could be seeing that again? Would you would you want to see but would you see Bowmeister and Butler on the third line? So, Butler is the only other one I would not put on that top line. So so Butler was the guy that I was gonna bring up in this conversation. Cause he it seems to be the Mike Yo needs to be able to say I need a veteran presence in the locker room is why Jake Jake Wallman's in San Antonio and or and Chris Butler's here. I mean, I I was really hoping that Wallman would make the opening night roster. I understand we've got we've got the crazy things with the injury, but Chris Butler, I know. We're we're playing Winnipeg tomorrow night <laughs> and I was at the game in February when Chris Butler got his first call up last year and Winnipeg made him look dumb. He also made a great pass to Matthew Perot in front of the blues goal and Perot scored. Why? Why? Chris Butler. I will always come on, man. I will always support him. Because he's a St. Louis boy, I will right. always support him. No, his, that's his, yeah. His, his, I, wi- his, I wish right. him the best in San Antonio. In I wish San him Antonio, the best. Thank in you, San Antonio. <laughs> right. His his dad was the assistant coach at CBC when I was there. So, I you know I I'm not gonna denigrate him. He's a much better hockey player. He made the NHL. I'm sitting in a basement talking hockey. You know. Well, whatever. Yeah, but it, but why, I'm, I'm with why, you, Bill. Why, why not Jake Wallman? And you know that's the other you know the other part of my background. Jake Wallman's a Providence guy. I want to see him here. Eric Foley's a Providence guy. Get over the concussion. Make it here. And Do Aaron, it. Aaron Knox said on the YouTube chat. I mean, at this rate, shouldn't Bomeister be the last player besides maybe Butler to be on the top pairing? Isn't yes. that what? Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. That, so. Yes, you you beat us to the budge. Yeah. Except I'm, I'm with you. And, and uh, now, Kurt, you put this in the notes, so I'm sure you're going to go over it. But Strickland's uh, comment yep. uh, going into this game is Bortuzzo's facing a one-game suspension. 
you'll likely see a third pair of McCullough and Butler with Schmaltz, or McCullough or Butler with Schmaltz. Very short-term situation for the Blues. Yep. Please. Yeah, I know. I know that 31 NHL coaches do not want to have a pairing of rookies and young guys together. But if your option is Chris Butler or anyone else who's on your NHL roster, go with anyone else. <laughs> I I would love to see a, a, a excited, jubilant McCola out there with Schmaltz for game one over Chris Butler, which again, I'm hoping you have a great AHL career, Butler, but man, not, not with the blues. You are not a blues player. <laughs> well, at this point, I mean, Butler, Butler's getting close to retirement, regardless of the league he's playing in. So to keep rolling him out when, you know, the NHL game probably passed him by when he came back to St. Louis from Calgary. I, I'm just not comfortable. Give me Nico Mikola. Uh, goalies, Allen and Johnson, obviously. Um, so we're, we're uh, it's, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to picture what I would have said last season at the end of the season if you had told me that our starting goaltending was going to, our goaltending was going to be Allen and Johnson to start the season this year. I would have been. Uh, I'd have been concerned, but we'll see how it goes. Allen had a good camp. He only played in two games. Right. So, uh, but it was nine, nine thirty, nine something uh, save percentage. And so he he looked good in camp, but uh, again, it's just camp. So the, the game I saw him in against Dallas, um, I thought he looked really good. He, he was uh square to the shooter. Um, he didn't come out too far. He, uh, no, I, I, uh, I thought Allen looked really good. And, uh, but again, that was September. Let's see what we're talking about in January and February. Yeah. No, go back to the uh, the Sunday game. Jake Allen looked pretty good in the first period. And then, uh, you know, they put Chad Johnson in and he gives up uh, four goals over two periods. The I'm, I'm worried. Yeah. I want Jake Allen to succeed. His track record doesn't suggest that he will. We don't have a lot of room for error. We don't. We Chad Johnson is he's he'll be good for a game or two, but he's not going to be a long term replacement like we've had. Um, that's what and that's what concerns me. I mean, right. I, every time every time I I think about this team this season, and not to harp on Allen too much. I we've done plenty of that, right. but I I every time I think about this team this season, I get excited. I'm like, oh yeah, the roster that six new forwards and and uh uh. uh some kids in the lineup that we're excited to see and uh, uh, O'Reilly and Tarasenko see how that works and uh, Kyrie made the team and that's all fantastic, exciting stuff. And uh, and then I think about uh, our goaltending and I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm like, because it's such a question mark. And I, I know there are Allen fans out there that have confidence in him. Uh, uh, I'm not one of them. I'm hoping. I'm hoping like hell. But uh, I just I don't have it, uh, the, the faith that uh, he's going to do it. So, But uh, we'll see. Right. He's, you guys, there have been times in his career he's shown that he he can be a an above average NHL. Pretty goalie. much every goalie in the NHL you can say that about. That's why they're there because right. they've had some games that that's why they're still there right. because they've had some games that have been really good. Give me a whole season of convincing. Yeah, be fairly consistent all season long. You know, 
put up top 10 numbers in goal and then we'll talk. Okay, there, fine, good. Right. You're a top 10 goalie, perfect. Right. But you until know? then, I'm going to lose sleep over you, buddy. Yeah. Well, he's he has not earned the trust that right. uh, he needs people to have in him. So hopefully he can earn that this season. But it's going to take a while, too. I mean, it's going to take through February. <laughs> I mean, if he's playing consistently well, yes, through February, through February he's like, okay, right. he's made yeah. it through the slump it's area. Jan- right. It's January and February that have killed his last three seasons. Yeah. Well, and he wasn't good before that. He was just worse in those months. Right. So, well, the team dried up. The team dried up, too. Yeah. And when, which uh, comes to, uh, a comment about the power play. Let's see what it's say. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, yeah. What? 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 So we got two things. Uh, one's a, a question from Bob. For I'm going to give it to Bill, but uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. I want to ask you guys something first. Not let's say Allen and Johnson are healthy, 100% all season, no problems. Do we still see Billy Huso at any point? No. Healthy, well, healthy, no problems. Meaning what? Healthy meaning like they're not like Jake Allen doesn't go down with a season-ending injury, and Huso has to come up. No, no I don't. I don't, I don't no. think so. I think they. I think they'll get him starts in the minors. I. I. I, I think. But I'm saying like if, if Allen like the the Elliott situation a couple of years ago where he just bombed and and they have to give him a well even Allen they had to give him a mental break. Do you think we see that this year? No. Do you think we see Huso if Allen goes down? Uh, with a with a mental issue, mental break. Yes. No, no. They make a trade, and unless Billy, who unless He's be tearing this, it up. unless it happens after January one, like if if you're talking between October and December, no, they oh, will they will season. bring somebody else in before they bring Billy Huso up and give him the opportunity. If you're talking about we get into January February, they'll probably give Huso a look. But they'll also be looking at the trade market. It might depend on how he how Huso's playing too. Uh, right. Be, I, if he right. if he's playing I, if he's tearing it up, he's playing really well. I think that that's easier to make a case for him coming up. Right. And I think solely in terms of Billy Huso, this year they are looking at we have control of our minor league situation. We can give him as many games as we want for the first time in his development <laughs> right. as that's a professional. So Right, and that that's the thing. They, they're going to use this opportunity that they should have had all along to write a wrong from previous seasons when maybe he should get a shot this year. Right. And yeah. it's not going to happen. I, I just don't see it happening, Jeff. Well, then my other question is, why not Bennington? Um, <laughs> because his numbers... Oh, he he didn't have like one because one. Matt. He had one start in the preseason. He was terrible. Yes. Right. Oh, awful. Yeah. Awful. <laughs> but still, why not Bennington? Uh, no. So the question that I wanted to uh, to to relate to, to Bill that that Bob Rakowski on the YouTube chat asked, uh, why does it take so long for NHL goalies to develop? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it it's. It, <clears throat> It goaltending is yeah, goalies are different, right? So it when was the last time you saw like so so Matt Murray, right? You're thinking of of the the guy that came in and got it right away. The 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 Matt Murrays, the Patrick Waz of the world are the exception to the rule. You you've got to mature. You've got to be able to handle the the. the mental lag 
uh, or, or the mental load that that comes with the you know knowing that you're the guy and just being comfortable in your own skin takes a long time. Well, Grant Fuhrer did say, I listened to the Drop podcast today, and Grant Fuhrer in the interview did say that uh, goaltending is seventy percent mental. Yeah. So it is because yeah. because uh, you're if you're at about the NHL level, you have the skill, you have the talent. Um, goalies that are able to make it in the NHL have the mentality, the mentality, uh, the superior mentality to make it. So right. that and that probably takes developing. Obviously, I didn't have that. <laughs> we were I, talking about I, you today at work, actually, about oh. your goaltending prowess. Yeah, <laughs> my my prowess. Yes, <laughs> was this Cahokia Men's League? I do not remember if it was Cahokia Men's League, CBC, or what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> goaltending to me, it was it was all about confidence, and when I got when I got onto a good roll and felt confident. It was one bad goal that could derail me, and uh, you know, uh, obviously, I, I'm I'm not going to think. You know, I, when I was a young kid, yeah, I thought I was going to make the NHL, but you know, once once I got to the realistic point of life, knew I wasn't going to get there. It still was that way. I could be supremely confident and have a fluke goal just completely derail my confidence. And it was always that way. I will 100% agree with that that statement. But I, I was going to ask, was the Grant Fear quote, cocaine's a hell of a drug? <laughs> <laughs> no, but they did talk about the uh, the drug abuse. Uh, so substance abuse. Um, Spoon Fudge uh, asked in the YouTube chat, uh, as far as referring to Alan, he is not paid like a top 10 goalie. Uh, I realize good. that. I realize that, which is a good thing because he's not. Um, but, uh, I think, I think I said, I, uh, did I say I want him to be, and he, uh, it'd be nice if he was a top 10 goalie. What did I say? Exactly. I, 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 I want him. I think the blues need Allen. Actually, the blues need Allen to be an average goalie. I think this year average is a good, is a good, is a good point to shoot for, for right. him because he was, he was really bad last year. He was in the bottom of the barrel almost. Right. So I think, I think if he were to be average, I think that's a fantastic, uh, improvement over last season. Now top ten is maybe asking too much. Um, it'd be nice. I would. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I think if Allen's a top ten goalie, I think we're. I think we win the division this year. So absolutely. So, um, but so so maybe it's maybe it's shooting for the moon, uh, with Allen. But uh, you know why the hell not? Um, stop acting that way, sir. I assume that's about Allen. <laughs> uh, he said uh, also said that I've heard you in the past say Jake Allen is paid like a top goalie and he isn't mm-hmm. i don't think i said he's paid like a top goalie you must be confusing us with another podcast well i i i think i i think i think i maybe that's in reference to the fact that i said that he his contract is one that it's hard to trade because he makes like four is a four million plus or something like that um and for a guy who had the season he did and the the issues that he does it's that's kind of a contract that's not desirable for other teams to make. I'm not, maybe that's what he's referring to. I'm not sure. Um, and uh, who brought up Murray? Let's see. Spoonfudge said Murray's GAA was yeah. over three. Why the hell are you using him as an example? Because he came in and won a Stanley Cup in there his you go. rookie that's, year. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Same as Patrick Waugh. 
Patrick Waskell's a good average, but this gets into my point, my my ongoing point that you can't compare different right, eras. Right. But no, Matt Murray came in and won won a Stanley Cup as a rookie. Just nobody knew who he was. Came in, took over for yeah. Flower, yep. did it. Yeah, and and that was that was where I was going with that. Matt Murray last year gave the re, the Pittsburgh Penguins cause for concern. Pittsburgh is, you know, if you look at the the Metropolitan Division this year. Um, you know, Columbus is in most projections going to finish higher than points wise. Why? Goaltending. Bobrovsky is better than well. That's than Murray. That's right? why. That's why that that computer model on the Athletic that uh, right. talked about the Blues. The only reason they had the Blues uh, fighting for a playoff spot was because of goaltending. Right. If they, I mean, everything else was pretty good. I mean, right. otherwise, so. Right. And, and that's that's that is the question mark yeah. on this team. And it's a fair goaltending. one. It's a right. fair one. It's absolutely. a very, it's an absolutely fair question. And and power play is a fair question too because of Yo's history right. with the power play being awful, um, mm. and the way the offense uh, tanked last year. Granted, there's six new forwards on the team this year, so um, you really can't you really can't say well. Uh, this group has to perform better than last season. It's not the same group; it's a different group. So, I mean, you can't get a whole lot worse than they did after the after Dece- what December twelfth or whatever it was seventh. Uh, so they were pretty bad, like almost worse than the league. I think it was. So, um, hopefully, this group is better than that. Right. So right, and I guess we'll see if they are going to force uh, Alexander Steen to handle the puck of the point during the second power play unit this year. I think that's, that's not that's your telltale sign. Well, we and we have the uh, the projected power play units on here. What a segue was that? Um, power play units. Uh, well, actually, we, uh, the last season. Okay, this roster compared to last season's roster. Jr. tweeted out earlier, earlier today. So our top line last year coming into the season, uh, coming out of camp was Saboka, Stasny, Tarasenko. Second line was Schwartz, Shen, and Yaskin. There was the Yaskin on the second line. And third line was Payarvi, Sunquist, and Thompson. Right. There are only four returning players in our top twelve yeah. forwards. And the bot and the fourth line was Upshaw, Brodzak, and Thorburn. Right. The the four <laughs> the four returning players, Schwartz, Shen, Tarasenko, and Barbashev. Well, I guess <laughs> Barbashev wasn't on the uh, opening day lineup right. last year. So it's Steen. It's gotta be Steen. Yeah. Steen wasn't either. Was well, he Steen hurt well, last year? Yeah, that's right. He started. Steen was hurt. He was he hurt. Yeah, he was hurt. That's right. Yeah. First, what eight, ten games, whatever it was. Um, so it's 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 vastly different. It's just neat to see the comparison how uh, the forwards have kind of turned over. So right. that and that was an issue last year. A substantial issue was the was the uh, production from the forward group. So uh, that's that's uh, that's great to see that something was actually addressed. That a huge right. need was at least uh, attempted significantly to be addressed. And not just the forwards in general, but center, the center ice position. We now have two premier face-off guys in the league. Spoonfudge said that the, this team cannot have injuries. I think it's safe for a lot of teams. Yeah, uh, we're still pretty deep as far as like the starters go. Yeah. Um, but I mean, once I, the way the we way have injuries right. now, I mean, right. Sunquist is hurt and Fabry's hurt, and not not, not the, that Sunquist or anything. The defense is where. Well, the defense is hurt too. I mean, we got we got. I mean. We, we've got we've got room for an injury or two. Once Fabry comes back, if somebody gets hurt, we've got a guy we can plug in. I think we have depth wise, we're better. We have a better, uh, more solid group that's going to make the that's made this uh, the roster out of camp. 
So that's there's that going for us. And he's uh, Spoonfudge also I, says I that, that yeah yeah. I was gonna say with with the, uh, the the depth for injuries. I think last year they had some decent depth to get through injuries. The 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 thing that needed to change was the philosophy. The oh well, Berglund's hurt or oh Steen's hurt, so let's put in Thorburn. I mean, if you can put in the right type of player. For on the right line, then I think they're going to be fine. I mean, you got to figure once Fabric comes back, one of those guys is going to be, whether it's Barbashev or Blay or Kairu, who's going to sit out in his spot. Well, put one of those guys right back in when somebody gets hurt. Don't call up a, a Chris Butler type and and say, oh, we got to have the veteran. <laughs> no, <late>. get the <laughs> right type of player in there and they'll be fine. Great. Uh, Spoonfudge says uh, Steen sucks. Steen gives about thirty percent effort uh, most games. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, Steen does not suck, <laughs> uh, and uh, I don't see the thirty percent effort he's talking about. Uh, uh, I think Steen uh, does not play up to his contract. I like Great. Steen. Uh, I did. I just don't. He doesn't. I mean, he's overpaid big time. But uh, right. I, he, I, he'll be. He'll be. I think he's a. He's on third line. So I, I think he. That's a good role for him. And and I'm gonna go out on well I'm I can't say it's going out on a limb but I'm gonna I'm gonna say right now that uh, Alexander Steen is going to be the contract whipping boy of the team this season. He oh, sure. he's the guy oh, yeah. that he earned his contract. I was at the game. He, it was they announced his contract extension. It was four years ago now. Like this is because it was a five six year extension. I was at the game. He scored. He had five points against Montreal, four or five points against Montreal. Lit Carey Price up, and he he looked it, but it kind of seemed like since then he's stagnated. He got he got paid, and he's stagnated. He's had his injuries. You know, there are things I like about Steen. I mean, I when he's on the point and he shoots well, great, but yeah, when he passes yeah and, and yeah he's not a good he's not a great passer i i i and, and it's more it's more uh you know secondary stuff it's almost like his uh and i'm gonna sound i might if i come off stupid it's fine i uh he he plays he plays feisty I, and i like his attitude on the eye he uh almost to the point of borderline taking penalty bad penalty actually you know he's he's around the net uh he doesn't take any crap uh, he'll push, he'll shove, he'll cross check. Um, he gets his nose dirty a little bit in that sense. So I, I appreciate the effort in that regard. I, I really think that it'd be nice if he could rebound a little bit with a little more production this year, uh, in the offensive zone. I think, I think he's defensively, I think he's fine. Um, but I think it'd be nice if he could chip in some more offensively and maybe he will be on a third line, not paired up against, uh, against a better, better, uh, defense. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. And uh, uh, Spoonfoot says he is no longer a good two-way player. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I think I think if he stays on the third line, that's the best place for him. Right I now. do too. He's an overpaid third liner. You, you can't pay that no, much for a third line player, but, but it is what it is. Right, I, right. We paid him the money. Yeah. We can't take it back. And he, yeah, I, I agree. So I, you can't. You know, I, I think you have to with Steen, and I don't know if this is going to come off as as. But you you can't it, his contract is inflated. It's all we know that. So 
It's you have to think of him as a third line player. How is he for a third line player? Is he a good third line player? Okay, that's Steen. Right. And he's been he's doing fine. Now, right. if you expect seven million, was he making six million? What's his contract? Six something. So yeah. But if so, yeah. If you expect that kind of production out of him, you're not going to get it. Steen as the power play quarterback that better be. I don't a, like. Right? Yeah, that I better be. That better be a thing of the past. I don't. I didn't. I well, according to the power play lines, we got uh, Maroon, Tarasenko, O'Reilly, Bozak, Pareko, uh, with occasionally Dunn uh, on the point, and then uh, power play two was Schwartz, Shen, Steen, Perron, Petrangelo. So assuming those stick for a while, you won't see Steen on the power play, which is good. I I'd really. I'd like to see them trying. I don't like Petrangelo on the power play that much. I'd rather see. I know Dunn is younger, and the power play is like a, a privilege kind of thing to get the more veteran players. But I'd love to see Dunn instead of Petrangelo on that second unit. I, I just Petrangelo to me has an issue with holding pucks in at the point and not making the best decision as far as shooting goes at the point. A little too often for me. I think Dunn is far more offensively talented. Right. Uh, more creative offensively. I think that that when your power play was as bad as it was last year, I think that's something you should at least try. Well, yeah, um, I don't, I don't mind uh, uh, Petrangelo honestly on the on the second power play unit. I think he's, I think by comparison, you're 100 percent correct. Um, but I don't think he's awful. No at the point. Oh, Steen? I, Steen? I would think you're talking about Steen? The better. No, I'm talking about Petrangelo. Oh, I didn't say it was awful. I just, I, I said, I, I, I go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I, I, I'm fine with Petrangelo out there, and maybe this is just because I've never been a fan of the four forwards on the power play, but I would think the better option there would be to take Perron, put him on the wing, and then put Dunn at the point with Petrangelo. Um, I'd like to see that, but again, I, I think they're, they're pretty much dead set on that four forwards, four forwards on the power play. Yeah, I, I mean, when you have Dunn and Pareko and Petrangelo, Three guys that can play the power play. I, I don't see what the problem is. Is putting two defensemen out there for the power play. I think you get guys who especially are comfortable. In the second unit. Yeah, especially the second unit. I think you guys, you guys that are comfortable playing at the point anyway. So uh, you know, I, I, and I always get nervous. And and you run, you do run the risk of having a forward at the point where if it, if the puck comes back the other way, you got a forward playing D on a two on one maybe. So that's that's that issue. Maybe maybe you see O'Reilly, uh, who could pop back on that point because he's pretty reliable back there. He but he's a again, he's a he's a shorthanded goal guy, but everything I've read about him, he, uh, he's not that great defensively. Really, I, that's but, what I heard. I don't know, but he's he's got to be the guy taking the faceoffs. So you can't can't expect him to be running the point taking the faceoffs, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's well, a faceoff guy. For, you got Bozak for faceoffs too. Yeah, but not on the power play. I yeah I think I I think I'd want your you got to have your best power play guy on or face off guy on the power play and that's fine and because because I think we're all in agreement though it's it's the fact that I mean you you can't you, the four forwards thing it it's burned the Blues many right. times when you have a bad power play who just cannot keep the puck in the zone there's no point in having four forwards on your power play you know? and, right maybe we'll see a different <laughs> power play this year but. And just As wait for judging what we've seen in, in Mike Yo era, it's not a good idea to have four forwards out there. Right. And just wait till David Perron's the guy out there and he tries to dangle somebody gets poke jacked and oh, there's a breakaway God. the other way. Just just wait no. for Blue's Twitter to explode. No, here's what Perron does. 
prawns at the prawns at the point, dangles, gets it poked away, takes a tripping penalty in the offensive zone <laughs> to, to, to avoid the uh, to avoid the breakaway. Touche. That is the more likely scenario. <laughs> oh man. Um, so yeah, and uh, let's see. Aaron Knox said uh, on YouTube, Steen had forty six points last year. And around 50 the year before, he makes 5.75 million, which is too much for him, but he's still a fine player. That's kind of where I am. I I I, I like I like Steen as a third line player. He's not uh he's not a, a top line guy like he was at times in the past. So I or a second line guy. I yeah, I'm hoping he doesn't regress any farther because I don't know what his age is. If it was 30, what is he? 34 something? 30? I think that's right. 30. So I I'm hoping his age isn't catching up with him because uh, you see you guys drop off. We have these computer things. I know, right? That's right. I have tabs open. Windows open. I can actually pull it up right here. Let's see. Uh, Hockey. Steen is 33. That was a year off. There you go. Close. There you go. And Aaron Knox says he's 34. Ah, you're wrong. He's 33. <laughs> um, I like how you're so quick to yell at our audience. <laughs> well, they're yelling at me. <laughs> you're they're, wrong. I'm getting yelled at for, uh, for Steen and uh, a little bit of Alan, so. Uh, and Spoonfudge says good night. So good night to you, sir. Or I, I do like that I he says me, sir. petroleum is average on the power play. Petro- I hate autocorrect. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, so uh, okay. So real quick uh, predictions this year as far as like how the Blues will uh, will fare. I know we talked about the model last week. Right. In the updated so, model, we, we talked about this right. in the chat today. The, so the, the Blues jettisoning... Uh, Yaskin. Yaskin and Thorburn. Uh, Adding Kyrou and Blay. There, ups them to an even coin flip to make the playoffs. <laughs> so 50% shot to make the playoffs. And again, it's all Jake Allen. Yeah, it, it really just comes down to how much faith you have in Allen. It really right. does. I mean, if you're... I, I think if... Uh, I think well, I'm not gonna. Uh, for me personally, I'll say that uh, my my faith in Allen is no is no secret that is is ruined. <laughs> right. It's not it's not as high as I'd like it to be. You know, I mean, but uh, based on uh, what's happened uh, the past couple of years, so I I think I think I think they'll make the playoffs, um, and I think that uh, I'm hoping. You know, I'm an optimistic guy in general. I'm hoping Allen Allen. He can't play a whole lot worse than last year, right. really. I mean, as far as like his talent level, he needs to, he needs to be better, and he will be better. He right. he's got to be. So uh, I think they make the playoffs. Um, I right. So I'm, I, I'm I'm thinking third in the division, maybe. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I think best case scenario for this team this year, realistically, is well. I mean, best case scenario obviously is going to be first in the division, right. but. The realistic scenario, I agree with you. Third in the division, uh, behind uh, Nashville and uh, Winnipeg. Nashville and Winnipeg. If uh, yeah, so Jeff, what what do you got? Yeah, well, Jeff. Let's see what you got. I was going to ask you guys: Do you have that? Have it in that order? Nashville, Winnipeg, St. Louis. Um, could be Winnipeg, Nashville, St. Louis. Okay. Uh, I, I just want to point out: Last year, I have them written down. Phil. Yeah. You had Minnesota, Nashville, Dallas as your one, two, and three. That was bad. Kurt, you, Kurt, you had Minnesota, Dallas, Chicago. We were all too high on Dallas. You guys mm. ready for mine? Ready for this one? Yeah, you had Blues. St. Louis, Chicago, and Dallas. <laughs> we were all way too high Woo! on Dallas. All yeah. three teams. Well, a lot of people were. 
I I'm not to not to say that, but I just I, that was they kind of they snowed people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they, uh, and, and, and then also we didn't we all had better. the same seventh place team as well. Colorado. Colorado. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that, that that didn't work out too well. Yeah. No. Yeah. So my no. my prediction is uh, basically the exact same as yours. I'm I'm not going out on a limb this year. Uh, not going to say the Blues are going to take first or seventh. Uh, I do see them taking third. I think uh, it's just a. It, again, I, I know a lot of people are making the case for the met- Metropolitan, but I think uh, the Central is still the strongest division in hockey. Uh, with the especially with how Winnipeg and Nashville have just become the powerhouses that they are. Um, I think if Dallas and uh, Minnesota were in any other division, they would be challenging for a division lead. But in this division, they just there's no way. There's too many tough games. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to put them in third. Uh, and I do think that there's a possibility they fall into one of the wild card positions. But uh, I just think this team, the the changes they've made, I do see them getting off to a slower start, especially than last year, just because it's going to take a while for these guys to get used to each other and be able to find the lines that he likes. But uh, I do see them, and, and especially if Jake Allen can pull his head out of his ass this year. Um, I do think that uh, they'll be having a, a pretty good end of the season, which will uh, hopefully bring them some momentum going into the playoffs. And I, I hate, I hate doing predictions, I, 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 especially before the season starts, because really, how many times, like, and our, you know, our predictions last year were for for shit, um, and a lot of people were. A lot of people had Dallas doing well last year, and they didn't do anything. So I, 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 I. I, I I've always said that, you know, after 20 games or so, then you kind of see where teams are um, and who the surprises are and, and, how, and how, more how it's going to play out. But then again, last year, the Blues were like world beaters after 20 games and uh, <laughs> they fell off after that. So, uh, Kurt, you, you, uh, one of the, my favorite lines from last season was it was the, I think it was like two days before the Detroit game when the wheels started to fall off of the yep. Blues, where you said, you know, we need to stop asking, when is this team going to fall back down to reality? And we just need to realize that's, that this is who this team is. And <laughs> well, that was, my, after that. that was my 20-ish game mark. It was like 20, 20 or 25 games. I was like, okay. I mean, at some point, you have to like shift gears and say, well, it's been like we're 25 games into the season. That's substantial. Right. They're like up the like uh, tied with Tampa Bay for the league lead or in points and they're tearing it up offensively. Uh, they, they're, okay. 25 games in that's, this is who this team is. Right. And then they fell apart right afterwards. <laughs> agreed with you. 100%. I, you know, and, and I, I'm just, that's, that was, that's not something you see every day. Um, so I'm going to stand by that kind of thing. I, I, I'd, I'd really like to see this team where they fare after, after 20 games just to see. Nah. And then, and then, I mean, it's 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 oh well, yeah, you can do that because you can see how good teams are. Well, yeah, I mean, because half the time, you know, teams like Vegas last year, my God, you know, who nobody saw that coming. Get me to the All Star break this year, please. <laughs> there's a there's there's a belief that I've read, and, and it comes out every year around Thanksgiving that uh, the teams that are in the playoff race by Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. Is are usually the same teams that make the playoffs, maybe different order, but it's the same teams that make the playoffs. Of course, the one exception last year was the St. Louis Blues. Yep. Um, we are not going to open up the show for listeners this evening. We are 
running way late. Wait, what time is it? <laughs> I don't want to look. Uh, but uh, bl- uh, before we close out the show, we'll do the blue social media fails. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah. so this is on Twitter. And uh, all of these revolve around the Wilson suspension, which we, we talked about at length earlier. Um, and I don't think we, did we? No, we didn't talk about either of these tweets. So, or these three tweets. Uh, two are from Darren Kimball. <laughs> three are, well, two are from Darren Kimball. And one is from uh, another user. So uh, you want to split them up or you want to, what do you want to do? Yeah, sure. I'll uh, I'll take the first one. All right, go ahead. This is from Darren Kimball, um, who is an excellent gentleman, by the way, and anyone should never say anything negative about him. He's a sharp-dressed uh, man. <laughs> Who's that, uh, who everyone's crazy about. Yeah. Uh, it, he says, it was a clean hit, and yes, we fought for less than that. I think Scott Stevens was one of the best D-men of his era, and he hit like that all the time, and they were clean hits. I don't think we need to go into detail why this tweet is ridiculous because we talked about this in length earlier, but Scott Stevens is not playing in the NHL in 2018 for a reason. Yeah, and uh, he starts it off by saying uh, that the Wilson hit was a clean hit. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, it's one thing to say, okay, I disagree with the length of the suspension, you know, but uh, to say it was a clean hit and go off the board comment to say it was a clean hit is just uh, ridiculous. Um, so I'll take the second one. So in, a, in response to a Twitter user who said that he was going to watch baseball instead of hockey tonight because of the Wilson suspension, Darren Kimball said, I just hope there's no bean ball thrown. It might be a 20-game suspension. Which, well, you know, it just, it just, and that, it's very similar to the tweet he posted earlier uh, that we talked about earlier about how it's just like totally just making, like he just doesn't, get it as far as the and I guess this reflects on his previous tweet that you just read about him thinking it was a clean hit so I you know it's uh, making light of what happened and thinking it's not a big deal uh, there should be no suspension it's a clean hit um, again a different era different science we're smarter now it's just get with the program so Bill you want to take the third one yeah sure so this is uh, Jack Parma at Jack Parma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sunfist, we're missing a letter here. Yeah, uh, has a responsibility to see who's on the ice when he's out there. If he does that, comma and sees Wilson, comma, good use of comma there, then no way he should have skated into the middle with his head down. Takeaway headshots, comma, I agree comma but the brunt of this hit was to the body dot 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 and i'm a hashtag stl blues fan so no did any of that hit get to the body uh after the head snap back this and this is this is victim blaming yeah which this is which was a lot of twitter today we talked about it so many people lament the pussification of hockey. This is you're talking about people's lives. Sunquist's career could have ended with a hit like that. I'm not going to blame him for a predator out there. Not you know, and I don't. Yeah. 
it's almost it, you're at a, it's almost you're at a loss for words right. with some of this stuff. It's like, can you really be that obtuse about what's going on? You're just oblivious to what's happening in the NHL the last ten years. It's just I, I don't get it. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Right. You're I'm, living in 1987. Right. It's just nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. There we go. I, I know that. I know that we have talked in exhaustion about this, but one more point I want to make. Part of this is because it's a reputation thing. You know, if that's Dmitry Yashkin flying across the middle and making that hit, and maybe you say, okay, he didn't realize what he was doing. He didn't realize Sunquist wasn't looking at him. But this is the definition of a repeat offender in Tom Wilson. He knows what he's doing. He's done this before, and he hasn't learned. Sixteen so games ago, needs, sixteen games ago, he did this. He, he did a headshot. A big suspension for this. He yeah. absolutely needs it. And it's funny as uh, I think uh, Rivers on on their podcast said. Uh, Jamie Rivers said uh, he expected seven games, and this was a f- couple days ago, right after it happened. That's so about what I expected. Seven games. I I thought, and that's why I tweeted out. I said uh, over under is eight for me. I was like. Uh, well, let's see what, what do you guys say some people said six some people said suspension ha 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 whatever which is ridiculous um some said 15 some said 30 it was all, all over the board but i was thinking i was thinking you know i was hoping for 10 to 12 and thinking about well, the nhl would be like eight but uh right i you know i think that number like eight feels like you know i it feels like an going number. into it right it, yeah. the the realistic number you could expect yeah 20 games i'm i i was surprised by it but not just because i'm a blues fan i'm happy about it it i think it's it it is if you want to send a message it's it you have to hit them hard and speaking of being a blues fan about this it doesn't really affect the blues um so that's interesting um, so on one right. hand, it's like, well, you want, you want retribution, you want justice for what happened to one of your players. However, what if Washington would, you know, the blues fans probably want Wilson in the lineup if they play Nashville or Winnipeg in the first 20 games of the season. So that's, that's the other side of the coin where it's like, oh, well, it's an Eastern conference team. You know, do we, we don't, I don't think we play them in the first 20 games, do we? Or do we? No. So, so no, I, I, I if, don't. If they do, they play Nash for Winnipeg or a division rival. It'd be, I mean, maybe they won't Wilson in the lineup for that game. So you know, it's, I get it. I, I, all in all, yes, I agree with you that that you want justice for this, and it's. I think that's, as a as a person who wants justice, I don't think you can be uh, unhappy with the result of the suspension. So long as you agree with us, (laughs) right? Oh, anything else you got, Jeff? Oh, oh, let's check the. Uh, oh, oh, the Twitter. last, the last, sorry, the last uh, uh, social media fail was uh, Darren Kimmel doesn't know how to use Twitter because yeah, of, we talked, we talked the, about that the earlier. Yeah, of the constant uh, retweeting and not replying. Right. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Bob Rakowski asked us for the uh, prices right fail sounder, which you provided. Him, I did. So good work, I did. And uh, O'Fallon Brewery says, thanks, Jeff. Cheers for uh, me giving them the beer of the episode. So uh, thank you, O'Fallon Brewery. Thank you for brewing beer. And if you'd like to sponsor Let's Go Blues Radio, you can contact <laughs> us at 
Oh radio God, at Lord! Let'sGoBlues.com <laughs> at radio at Let'sGoBlues.com. Is that it? Radio, uh, just just tweet us. <laughs> just tweet us. <laughs> Friend us and DM us. That's fine. We'll get that's, that. Chances yeah. are, Ponders told you the wrong email address. Yeah, several times. <laughs> just don't email us. How about that? <laughs> oh, our next show. Uh, I didn't look at the schedule even. Uh, next week, sometime, possibly Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever the Blues don't play, we'll see if we can do a show. Quick, quick, uh, bam, bam, bam. Uh, anyhow, um, so... Um, what are you doing for the game tomorrow night? It's a home opener. It's a home opener. Are you going to uh, be there? I am scheduled to be at the home opener. Are yes, you really? Yes. So, uh, uh, and I'm scheduled to be at the 5K uh, on Saturday. I am not. Which you are not, no. I am scheduled to be not at the 5K. <laughs> Ponder, are you, are you going to the 5K on Saturday? Oh yeah, yeah. I'll be there. You Blue, want to meet up before the, the Blues together, 5K? Oh, each other. Uh, we can meet up there. I gotta get my packet and everything. I got. Um, I think I'm getting mine tomorrow. I gotta. I'm. I chose to pick mine up at the race day, which is I never do, but right. As, it's 5K. It, in other ways, it requires you to drive to Depair. Yeah, I didn't want to drive which, to Depair, which is yeah. like 50 miles away. It's like from 50 here. miles away from yeah. here, right? I don't want to do that. It's like two hour drive, isn't it? Right. Screw oh, that noise. The show just bundled <laughs> up nicely. Uh, we're vamping. Uh, the pair is like uh, a hop, skip, and a jump for me, so I will be going after tomorrow to get that. Hmm. Yeah, if, it, if any of you are planning and being at the uh, at the 5K, uh, send us a tweet, uh, Facebook message, whatever. Uh, we'd love to, to meet up with you. Uh, but hey, if Except you guys me, would like to talk about what show to do next week, uh, looks like they, uh, so they play Thursday and Saturday. But then they don't play again until Thursday of the next week. Uh, so if you guys want to do a show, let's say Tuesday or Wednesday, I yeah. think that's probably the best. Wednesday is probably going to be best. Wednesday for me. is always better for me. Okay, let's plan on Wednesday. Wednesday, October tenth. Wednesday, October tenth. It has just been decided. Which means it will be podcasted on the morning slash afternoon of the eleventh. Yes, it'll be available then. If you can't watch it live on the tenth, nine p.m. Ish. 915. 920. 1015. Yeah, no. No. Midnight. That's the goal for the end of the show. <laughs> we're, we're pushing it. <laughs> I know, we're right? Pushing it tonight, eh? Jeez. Uh so that'll do it for this week's episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. For Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. That will conclude this week's broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone. Let's go blues. Let's go, Let's Blues. Let's go, Blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go, Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.